0: That's the record in the world or in the state? Like, that's the biggest snake. How?
1: It's definitely the largest we've ever seen in Florida in terms of length. There have been heavier ones okay. caught, but this one broke the length record. At how big? At 18 feet, 9 and a quarter inches, 104 pounds. <laughs> Bro, <what> the- yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I forgot I feel like we should have opened the podcast with that, but yeah, that's that's one of the snakes yeah. you caught that's on there. And it's the word no doesn't yeah. even begin to express like the feeling <laughs> yeah. of trying to catch
1: that. Oh.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Florida friends. That's living in yeah. your state, by the way, just so you knew.
1: <laughs> cat <Cup> to cat <laughs>
0: What's up guys, before I hand the mic off to Kevin and, and introduce this badass guest that we have on today, I totally dropped the ball and forgot to let everyone know uh, during this recording what sound number 3 was from What's That Sound from episode 100. First off, episode 100 was super long, I am so sorry for that, but it was entertaining and we were all drunk, so it's what it is. But anybody who listened to that full episode or at least listened to the that segment, What's That Sound?, No one sent me the correct answer. I got a ton of them in Uh, nobody was even close Uh, It was a watermelon scooper. I would have accepted Scooping out watermelon making watermelon balls. Uh, I would have taken water balls I would have taken anything that made me think that you had a general idea what the sound was But I didn't get anything close, so I'm sorry that I made it very difficult But I promise you they'll be just as difficult, but we will Give you easy ones uh, and hard ones, um, and that's how life is. So anyway, I'm going to shut my mouth. I'm going to give the mic off to Kevin. Kevin's going to introduce our badass guests, and we're going to have an awesome uh, episode. And again, thank you, everybody, who listened, engaged, uh, watched us live, did whatever you did for episode 100. We appreciate it, and hopefully we will make it to 200. Welcome,
3: everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Cup to Cup episode 101. I like, I'm so Ooh. used to saying like just that one syllable, like mm-hmm. 49. 97. Yeah. 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 Mm. Uh, so 101. Welcome, everybody. Um, today, we have a very special guest, Mr. Snakeaholic himself. We got another Kevin in the house, Kevin us. <laughs> yeah. Yes, nice. Nailed it. Yeah, nice. boy. I'm, I'm notorious for fucking up names. So what's up, Kev? What's going on, guys? What's going on? What's up, man? What's up? Also, we have Chase and, and Jason. Say hi, no, guys. no
2: one cares about us, though. So, uh, yeah. We're boring. That's right. <laughs> uh, so
3: we usually have a fun fact. Uh, and Jason, like, jumped in on this one today. Also, I let did. me first say... Happy birthday, Mr. Grayson. Our boy yes. Grayson, very good friend of the show. It is his birthday, so happy birthday to Grayson. Uh, now now that I've completely fucked up this whole entire intro, Jason, please
0: uh, carry on with your fun fact of the day. I don't think you fucked up. But today, the day we're recording, it's Grayson's birthday. I know he's going to listen to this a week ahead and be like, uh, thanks, bro. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was – You missed it. was, it. like, six days ago. Yeah. Uh, another thing that was, like, six days ago since you're listening now uh, was Veterans Day, and we're uh, recording on Veterans Day. And I came across this badass article, and if you want to read details out of, of it, and obviously, Jose Fact Check me on it, um, go to Bro Bible. They posted this, like, badass article about this veteran in World War II – it was some battle in Germany, and a bunch of his buddies were wounded. And out of for some reason, he thought the best way to help his buddies that were wounded was to go run through the battle, get out of the battle, go get some beer, and then come back and deliver the beer for his buddies. Mm-hmm. And he did that multiple times. Uh, it's called the ultimate bro move, I guess everyone, <laughs> everyone nicknamed it. But the cool thing about it is the dude uh, went back when he was like 88 years old in Germany, and they're still selling beer and ceramic helmets. Because of that's him. crazy. Sweet. So, I just that's thought it was crazy. a cool that, veteran that story. Pretty cool, I like. Yeah. That. Uh, there's a, I guess another one that someone did in Vietnam. PBR produced it. It's actually a documentary that's out there. I didn't, I haven't watched it, but it's called the Greatest Beer Run of All Time. So I'm intrigued. <laughs> so you guys should check that out too. Interesting. Um, but yeah. All right, All right Kev. I told me. you this before. Shit, Kev, Snakeaholic, Kev. I'm gonna call you Snakeaholic. That's it. I'm not doing <laughs> the Kev shit. I'm calling it now. Uh, yeah. Whoop what, what, what i said it. earlier is uh we're gonna do florida man we're all florida boys here you're out of fort lauderdale if i'm not mistaken correct oh
1: yeah dude nice. we're
0: representing all the we're representing all the parts of florida right now right? I'm in jacksonville uh we got tallahassee chase we got kevin orlando and you're down in the south i mean i think this is perfect bro you gotta represent we're covering, we got florida man covered perfect all right guys <laughs> That's right. i'm gonna hit this intro and then i'm gonna read the headline All right, this one is Florida Woman.
3: Oh. I was like, we got Florida
0: Man covered. And you're like, this is Florida Woman. (laughs) And it's in between Kevin and I. This is out of Daytona. Okay. Florida Woman robs Store after blank. Okay. Florida Woman robs Store after blank. And it's basically something happened to her. So she said, I'm going to rob this store. She gave birth. She gave birth. So she's like, I'm going to rob the store because she gave birth. Yep. Huh, it's fair. I mean, kind of rational. Uh, Snakeaholic or Kev?
1: I think the most logical thing would just be a breakup, but that's not as fun. That's a good
2: one. <laughs> no, that's, that's a good. good one. Yeah.
3: Kev? I want to say, like, she like went into the store and wanted to get like a refund for something, and they were like,
2: no. And she's like, fuck it. I'll just rob you. I don't give a shit. <laughs> okay. That's too logical for Florida Man, I feel like. Alright, I'm gonna let Chase be the deciding factor on this. Stop. Stop. Kevin got it?
0: What to- Rob Store after being denied a refund. <laughs>
2: Kev, Kevin has – no, wow. no, no. I'm calling BS. Kevin, Kevin didn't hadn't you, gotten a you single hear about Florida I swear to god in, never, like, 20 never. attempts, <laughs> bro, and now yeah. he's gotten three out of the last five. got to call BS.
0: So, Kev, uh, damn it, Snakeaholic, it's a the a reason why they woman, get bro. upset – the, the reason why they get upset is we keep track of these scores and our trivia scores and our, uh, oh, our name that show scores, and Kevin is running away with it. And the reason why that's There's important no is because – If the the loser, which looks like it might be Chase, at the end of the year with the lowest score, definitely
2: gonna be me. Kevin's got three Florida man (laughs) has to
0: run a five k dressed by our boy Kevin while we troll him in another car just riding next to him, just yelling like profanities at him the whole time. That sounds amazing. Can we get super
1: soakers and like t Uh, shirts? Yes. Oh, super soakers added.
0: That's a great idea, super soaker, bro. And well, I got to like I got the van
3: tailgate, so we can all just sit in the back of the van while like running. <laughs> just in front. hit
2: him with the super, the super soakers. <laughs> I need you to stop reading Florida man's. Ken. That well, it, or just oh, like I don't shake got hands of, of
1: beer and just like just pop them out the window. Oh, so, dude, please do that. Like open, I'll be like ah. <laughs> no, they all get like sticky, and the the insects and bees will come. Oh in yeah, and, like. He Myelin, those... he's
2: just got rashes. It's it's, yeah. it's Florida. I'm gonna have insects and bees on me whether you spray me with beer or not. So this is true, man.
1: <laughs> you sound like you are liking it at this point. Yeah,
0: he,
2: he does. Yeah, he's like a weird, he's got weird kinks. What are you gonna do? <laughs> I gotta tell the backstory behind
0: this because I feel like we've all dealt with this anger and we might kind of sort of relate to her a little bit. So this all happened in a cable provider called Spectrum. I guess they're out of Orlando. They're like like oh, Comcast, Xfinity, yeah. yeah. So apparently they uh, did not issue a refund. So she came in there with a the long crowbar and just began to ask for her money back and started just being the shit out of the cash register and shit like that. So
1: I like that crowbar was a weapon of choice. Right? You know? She's like, like I'm wh-
3: getting that shit open. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I just feel like we all have been in that situation where you're on the phone and your stuff's out or your, like, cable's out or your internet's out and you do want to take a crowbar across, like, Comcast, not across the person, but you know you've been at that point where you just want to beat the shit out of somebody. Nothing
3: of is worse than Comcast. I'll tell you that much. Like Spectrum's <laughs> is awful. Spectrum, yeah. Spectrum's like a fucking light years above Comcast. Yeah. So, so
2: I I have to say my own Florida man real quick. By the way, yeah. uh, I feel obligated to say it. So, Florida man goes to sister's baby shower and wears shirt that says blank. <laughs> Baby daddy, that was me. <laughs> why, Jason? Who Wait, goes to their you sister's were at your baby sister's shower? Baby he went shower. to his sister's baby shower and wore a shirt that said "Baby Daddy." Yeah, yeah. I did it that to embarrass this
0: shit. Good look, bro. Here. Here's two reasons. First reason, uh, it's my sister, and I want to embarrass the shit out of her. And two, I, I knew damn well that I'd be in two good photos. So I knew right away, like, if I'm next to her in that photo, it's perfect. So uh, they knew that, and they stuck weird, me behind dude. her at all times. So no one could see that it says baby daddy. Oh, we saw her. Yeah, I saw the moto. That's some but, uh,
3: that's some Cantonment shit right there, bro. Yeah. I'm
0: <laughs> that's some Kentucky you. shit. Yeah. Um, All right. Speaking of, of some Kentucky shit, which has nothing to do with this segue, Snakeaholic, uh, Kevin and I, Chase and I, we've been talking about this for the last like twenty thirty minutes, saying we have a ton of questions for oh. you. I have concerns for your well being. <laughs> for half of the videos I've seen so far, that's Only fair. half. Yeah. Yeah. So so for everybody that hasn't heard of you or seen your videos, um. Kind of explain what, like, so I found you on Instagram, so I really don't know much outside of what I see on Instagram. Um, so please explain what what Snakeaholic is all about.
1: So I have had a lifelong passion for reptiles, and I've really made a career out of it. So living in South Florida now, I have two jobs I work back and forth from. I'm a, I'm a python contractor with Florida Fish and Wildlife, and I'm an alligator wrestler at Everglades Holiday Park. So I wrestle alligators and catch pythons professionally.
3: Let me see your hands. You got all your limbs and everything. Yeah. So, oh, far, right? so, we go. so far, so good.
0: So far, so
1: good. So high fingers. I'd show you my toes, too, but I don't want Chase to get excited. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's kinks, man. <laughs> I might. I, I can tell. So- I can tell. Look at it. It's in the eyes. So you know? How does someone get qualified for this? Um, A lot of what we do, a lot of just this – whole field is networking, it's, it's the same as a lot of other places, but you've got to show the basic skill to be qualified for any of these jobs. So a lot of it is just networking and mutual connections and stuff like that.
0: There's but, not like, too much
1: formal training. <laughs>
0: Gotcha. Well, I mean, you had to had training. There's no way that you were like, "Hey, man, I like snakes," and they're like, "Oh, have you ever caught one?" You're like, "No, no, no, I just like snakes. Can I go no, catch I just, this python?" <laughs> I like, just want did to you? It. Was it like a three year old little Kev was walking around just catching reptiles, and it just yeah? Progressed? Was there a
2: gateway yeah. reptile?
1: Pretty, pretty much. I mean, that's pretty much how it went. Like, since yeah. I was a little kid, anything that moved, anything crawled, dude, I wanted to play with it. And just yeah. the older I got, the bigger and more dangerous the animals got. I really got into snakes when I was seven years old, and I've been, you know, catching snakes since I was seven years old. Just any chance I had, I wanted to interact with them. I'm I'm a Steve Irwin child. I was inspired by him. that changed yeah. my whole life. Yes. And yeah. yeah, I mean, just literally the older I got, the bigger, more dangerous the animals got, and it just kept going up. And I'm pretty much at the peak of that. It doesn't get too much da- much more dangerous than the stuff I work with at this point. But
0: So what um, do you work with? But so you kind of work. With, you said like snakes and reptiles. Like, is does it stop there, or do you work with anything? Give us a list. No, I
1: mean I'll work with I'll work with anything. Like, I mean in terms of of snakes, you know the big constrictors um, are obviously potentially very dangerous animals. But I've done plenty of work with venomous snakes. You know cobras, rattlesnakes, you name it. Probably interacted with it. I'm a recreational shark diver. Just in my free time, I like to go out free diving. Um, I mean. I've and never really doubted
0: Free diving, yeah, that's impressive, dude. I've always, I've always been super impressed with free divers just because of the holding breath thing. Uh, you know, I it's, that it's to be like
1: it's actually a lot more like you can learn it than it's much more of a learned skill than you realize. Um, like a lot of it is just training your body because you can hold your breath way longer than your body will let you. It's just an instinct, you know, we're conscious breathers. Our bodies constantly want to be breathing back and forth, like constantly without thinking about it. And it goes against your natural instincts to hold your breath. So a lot of it is just mental. You're just fighting your brain. Your brain is like breathe. And you're like, nah, I got it. We're, we're good. And then it's that back and forth. So you can train yourself up. I have, I'm nowhere near reaching my potential though. One of the first times I did actual breath holes, like I've hit three minutes before, but the person that I was training with, he's like, dude, if you're hitting 3 minutes now, you can easily hit 5 minutes. It's just going to take time to build up that skill. That's Ooh. insane.
0: Wait, you naturally um, like before you started training like the the mental side, you were just still you're already holding your breath at 3 minutes?
1: Pretty much. Yeah, I mean that that's oh, stagnant. Fuck me. That's stagnant on lands. Like that's very mm-hmm. different than swimming underwater. Underwater actively yeah. moving, I can hit a minute, but like you know, you're moving a lot. So your body is using yeah. more oxygen and stuff like that. So stagnant breath holds just in stationary in one place, underwater or above, doesn't matter. I can hold my breath three minutes after I train up for a couple days, like I'll get there, no problem. But actually moving around underwater gets a lot harder. But it, you'd be surprised, like you can really learn it. I mean, I've, I've been, when I was a kid, I played trumpet in bands. So I did a lot of breathing exercises from back mm-hmm. then. And I've always kind of been an athlete, so I'm pretty good at regulating my breathing in general. And then lung capacity comes into play there, also. But
3: so you have, you have a you you have a YouTube uh, link on your Instagram page uh, that sends you on this wild fucking hunt where you. <laughs> I mean, you take down you, you guys take down this giant python. Yeah. But my question is the first thing that my wife asked too. She's like, I mean, what what am I? Is he get, is he gonna kill it? <laughs> like, and I was like, I think so, babe. Like, I don't know. You're watching it with me. So, so. <laughs> and then I read the description So, um, of why you guys do what you do. So, if you could just explain yeah. to everybody, you know, why you do what you
1: do. Yeah. So, I guess th- the first thing to say is it's a common misconception that python hunters or contractors or surveyors, whatever you want to call them, that we hate snakes. Not true at all. Pretty much I mean, everybody a I've snake-a-holic.
3: met. you got to love yeah. them a little bit, right? Pretty much
1: everyone I've met <laughs> loves snakes. We've all been working with them our entire lives. Like Everybody out there is of the same mindset. I've been working with Burmese pythons since I was 11 years old. They're beautiful animals. I love them. This is not about snakes. It's about invasive species. Now, invasive species are actually a huge problem on a global scale. They're actually the second leading cause for global extinction of species. So it goes, number one is habitat destruction, habitat loss. Number two is invasive species. So it's a big issue and Burmese pythons are not only non-native, they're not from here, they're apex predators. So they're at the top of the food chain and they're not supposed to be here. So it's pretty much like the worst type of invasive animal you can Mm -hmm. have. So that's why we go out and do what we do is we try and remove as many of these invasive predators from the ecosystem. To give our native animals a little bit of a chance to rebound, give them a chance to, you know, strengthen their numbers and get back, and maybe, like, you know, evolutionarily develop a way to avoid these, like, the predators and the invasive predators, and just rebound their numbers overall. Right. But so yeah, it's all about invasive species and everything that we do catch. Um, it initially becomes property of Florida Fish and Wildlife. Um, I do strictly live capture. I have never you know, killed a snake before I caught it. Like I do all strictly live hand, like live captures barehanded. And then we have to euthanize them at a later date. Um, Occasionally there are some that will be implanted with radio transmitters and re-released for tracking purposes and research and development. But most of the stuff that we do, most stuff is euthanized and it's really just a volume thing. You know, we've captured over 6,000 of them between the two programs that we have down here. Crap.
0: Yeah. Wait, six thousand just in this in the South, like oh, yeah. South Florida. Yeah, 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 yeah. Holy shit!
1: That's I'm oh sure I'm God. sure
3: y'all
0: haven't even put a dent
1: in the number of. of pie yeah, dogs right now. when you start talking numbers, it, it stops becoming too fun, and it. Yeah, I mean, in I'll put it to you this way: in July, I was determined to break the record for how many people have caught in a month. I caught 113 in one month. So, which was more than 4 times the previous record, but that's just shows the potential
0: smokes.
1: that these animals can Wait, have. Wait, did you
0: set did you set the
1: record then? Oh yeah, the old yeah, record was said 27. Was just... Oh, okay. So okay. 4
2: times.
0: The four times. old record, yeah.
1: That's that's okay. for Florida Fish and Wildlife for my program specifically. The old yeah. monthly record was 27 pythons in a month. I caught 113 in a month. So more than 4 times that record.
3: Now, is this kind of is, is this a Florida problem, or is this like you know, I mean, for pythons themselves? Not-
1: yeah, I mean, invasive species is a global issue. Um, South right. Florida, it's even more of an important issue because South Florida actually is the highest rate of invasive species anywhere else on the entire planet. So you name it, what? we have an invasive species in that category. Like, pick one. We have multiple different species of snake. What? You know, lizards. We got tons of different species of lizards. Feral cats uh you know we have invasive parrots monkeys spectacled caiman lionfish like you name it we have did you say hold on did you say spectacle caiman there's cayman oh yeah down yeah 100 percent yeah i that's because like
2: I've we got like scarface fucking bringing you know have, I, have you seen have you come face to face
1: with the caiman? twice yeah what yep <laughs> Bro.
0: All right. Wait, I, I feel like an idiot. I don't know what a caiman is. It's, Please it's a species it
1: to me. of crocodilian from South America. So it's the same thing as like crocodiles, alligators, caiman. They're just like their own group.
0: Oh, there's a variation. Okay, I've recognized the name of it, yeah. but I was like, I couldn't figure it out. Damn. Okay. Are they more or less dangerous than an
1: alligator? They don't get as big as alligators, but they are not supposed to be here. So there are specific programs yeah. involved to try and <laughs> you know reduce their numbers as much as physically possible uh yeah it's not as big of an issue as some of the other species that some of the other invasive species we have down here really the only thing that the studies on this on their populations have somewhat tried to prove is that basically if enough of them get densely populated they can displace the alligators so basically then the the non-native replaces the native and what they've almost been able to prove but can't quite quite prove yet is that if they remove all of the caiman, then alligators will come back in and reestablish themselves. So it's, they're not like a huge issue, but they're definitely a pretty wild animal that's not supposed to be here. And the biggest way that we're able to combat invasive species is really to nip it in the butt right when it starts, like really try and make a, a, an impact before it gets to the point where it's like Burmese pythons, where they're just taken over. everywhere. Yeah, are those worse than hogs? Um, which one, pythons or or caiman? Pythons, pythons. Uh, it it kind of depends. Yeah, you know, it, it's hard to compare them because they're they're so different. Yeah. I would say that hogs definitely do a lot more damage to the actual like vegetation and the actual earth itself. The
3: land. Yeah, to yeah. so
1: the actual yeah. land where pythons are just they're just kind of wiping out mammals, birds, gators, stuff like that. They're just consuming. Because they're predators, yeah. where the hogs are more like foraging and just ripping up, you know, the whole earth and everything like that.
0: Yeah. So
3: this can, this can ha- you go ahead? Chase. Oh, go ahead, Kev. No, go ahead. Th- this happened from like people fucking like bringing like exotic animals and shit. Like goddamn, Joe, what's Joe exotic? <laughs> and then just somehow they they get loose or something, and then you know they end up having sex and then they reproduce and. <laughs> You know yeah that's how this happens oh yeah yeah end up
4: having i mean yeah it might be a candlelight <laughs> dinner yeah. Chase. I don't know. <laughs> yeah
0: you know Wait, can you guys like d- can you date back when like that started happening like when people were like getting them as pets and then like when did it start exploding i guess
1: it's hard to pinpoint exactly because they're extremely secretive animals that's why we have you know specialists designed to remove them because it's not something that's yeah. easy they're very very well hidden. We've had them captured in the Everglades, I think as early as 1989, don't quote me on that, but it was like, I think it, it's pushed back. Yeah, I think it's been dated back to that point. <laughs> Most of the people that I know started catching them around 2006 is when we noticed like the population's really going up. But it, it's hard to say, cause a lot of it too is measure of effort. You know, you had a lot less people looking for them at that point. Now, there's a ton of people looking yeah. for them, so we're just becoming more aware of how widespread the problem is. The only thing we really know for sure about the introduction is that these snakes were brought in here through the pet trade, intended to be pets. Enough of them got loose one way or another, found each other, started breeding, and just prolifically, their their populations just exploded. So,
2: can you take us through, like, uh, like just... A day of hunting because like I'm sure most people don't know what goes into that and I'm sure you don't just walk in there and you're like I'm gonna go find a snake <laughs> like I'm just gonna start looking
1: around like I'm sure there's a method I mean, that's this, what so in the hear. video
3: it
2: looked like that's kind of it was like I'm just, uh, yeah
1: I mean okay. it, it kind of depends so there's you can really break it up into two different types of you know hunting per se you have daytime activity and nighttime activity For probably 80% of the year, you're looking at exclusively nighttime activity. And then in the brief, briefly, in the colder months, you have a little bit of daytime activity. Cold months, it's a lot easier to predict in the, when we're hunting them at night, it's very randomized because they are just on the crawl. You know, they're hunting, they're moving around, they're just moving. But when you get into these colder months, these are tropical ectothermic animals. When the temperatures drop and they get low enough, when they get down into like the the 50s and stuff like that, these snakes have to bask. So they're gonna come out, they're gonna sit in the sun and it just makes them a little bit more vulnerable and a little bit more predictable for us. But most of the year, we're only catching them at night and it's pretty randomized. There's not too much, you know, you can't be like, there's gonna be a snake here at this part, at this time, like, (laughs) you can't do that at night, you can do it during the day. And, and where, you do you couldn't, where
2: do you? You couldn't pay me enough money to hunt these at night. I mean, you can pay me enough money to hunt them during the day, but you definitely Honestly, couldn't I... pay me enough money to go at nighttime and try and get your out of here. I
0: mind. would love to be a cameraman. Like <laughs> that's what I would do. I don't want to be the guy catching it, but I would love to be the guy. Like the you're always the first person did, to go. Jay, just I'll, so you know. I'll be the
2: cameraman like driving a drone. I'm not gonna be the cameraman like in person. Well, once you let me know
1: that, I'm definitely keeping rubber snakes in my back pocket and just flinging them on your shoulder. <laughs>
2: <laughs> nope
0: <laughs> so i watched the snake video the, the one that has well we actually haven't talked about like the record that's the record the one that kevin kind of uh alluded to from your instagram that goes to the youtube link that's the record in the world or in the state like that's the biggest snake how
1: it's definitely the largest we've ever seen in florida in terms of length there have been heavier ones okay. caught but this one broke the length record um it's kind of eighteen feet nine and a quarter inches, one hundred and four pounds. <laughs> Bro, yeah, I forgot. That I feel is...
0: like
2: we should have opened the podcast with that, but yeah, that's that's one of the snakes yeah. you caught that's on there, and it's the word "no" doesn't yeah. even begin to express like the feeling of yeah. trying to catch that. Hi, Florida friends.
3: That's living in your state, by the way. Just so yeah. you. No, I mean
1: honestly, There's... I've been working with snakes my whole life. I haven't been afraid of a snake since I was like a toddler. I I knew I was, like, when we spotted that snake, I knew I'm going to catch it, but I was very nervous (laughs) because (laughs) I know that we're coming in. We are the predators in that case, so the snake is going to be exhibiting defensive behavior, but that doesn't make it less intimidating. (laughs) So walking up on that thing, I knew it's not going to just come after me, but I know that if I mess up, it's a hospital visit, pretty much guaranteed. If you know, it it could be something that size is definitely has lethal capacities. So, well, because you
0: like see the python start wrapping, and you can tell, like, I'm not saying you don't know what you're doing, but like when I see some people catch snakes, and I used to catch the little rat snakes and stuff in Florida all the time with my buddies. We all had pythons growing up. My dad had a <laughs> python growing up. Um, we're probably the reason why. You're the why fucking problem. Bad. Yeah. Well no. So in my defense, I don't know what happened to my friend's pythons. My dad's python was shot was shot with a shotgun because my uncle was an asshole and was feeding him and then had the rabbit sent on his hand and stuck his hand in there again and the python struck and because he's an asshole, he killed the snake and my dad beat the shit out of him for it. But that hit, that snake's dead, so that's not here, the problem. It's a weird right story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird story where that, that happened. Else? But but the thing, hmm. yeah, the, the, it make it my dad brings it up all the time. Every time my uncle and him are around, it's like a bad story. He's like, I could have had an awesome python, but you killed it. Like we redneck. Uh, but so the reason why I'm like asking is because like when you guys walk up to it, it just seems like you're like, all right, la di da. Like I'm gonna come over here in the corner, and then I'm gonna like, all right, I got its head. But then when I realize you know what the hell you're doing is the snake starting to wrap around you and you guys start doing like a weird maneuver and you're like, all right, this isn't a good sign. This is a bad rap. Like explain what's going on in your mind when this snake is wrapping around your body like ready to like strangle you. Yeah, it's
1: it, – it's just – it's like a combination of wrestling and chess where you have to have brute <laughs> force but you also have to stay like a couple steps ahead of your opponent. So yeah. – that should be a game, by the way. Yeah. <laughs>
2: wrestle chess. <laughs> wrestle chess. <laughs> Sounds like another kinky
0: game. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. <laughs> I mean realm. Frozen and
1: toes and wrestle chess. Yeah. So like I how mean, do you good.
0: how do you learn that though? Like, how do you know like this isn't a good position, this isn't a bad position? Because for anybody who doesn't know anything about these pythons and you can explain it, give us some examples of like animals these snakes could take down. So
1: Well, for example, last year I caught one that was 14 foot nine and three quarter inches, had a five foot alligator in its stomach. That same year, like two months earlier, I caught a 15, 15 and a half footer. It had deer hooves in its stomach. So once they get to be like 17, 18 feet, we're not talking about mice and rats. We're talking about full size hogs, full size deers, Potentially up to seven foot alligators like they're consuming very large prey items and the females specifically at that size will begin to target prey items that size as they get close to the breeding season because they want to bulk up before they have to go through all that labor of breeding and laying a clutch and incubating the eggs to get them to hatch. So are they
0: like the Simba of the South? Like, is any can anything fuck them up? Or are they the king? Like, once
1: they get to a certain size, it really just comes down to people, cars, and large alligators. That's it. <laughs> bro,
0: I kind of really want to watch like a Python and an alligator fight. Hundred percent, yeah. Bro, when he said yeah. when he said alligators can take them yep. down, I was like,
3: yeah, we need to see this. Yeah, it,
0: yeah. Like what are we what are we saying? Like what's the rate? Like have you ever 50, seen this, 50, this happen, half- first off? Three times. Ooh, what? <laughs> explain explain at least one of those. If all three. It's, don't mind. it's not as
1: as dramatic as you're anticipating because I come in midway through the scene. I'm sure it's a little more dramatic in the beginning. But basically, yeah. pythons are constrictors. They're non venomous. You know, their their goal is to just constrict. Now, a lot of people have this misconception about constriction that it's based on air intake. It's not. It's mostly based on blood flow. So if you know anything about martial arts or stuff like that, if you can cut off blood supply to the brain, you can have that person unconscious in six to eight seconds. Like They don't even know what happened. They're just out. So that's a lot more of what it is. And even at a small size, these snakes instinctually know to cut off blood supply to the brain. It's wired into them. So like, how
0: how do they find it though? Like, how do they know like, like where, where that, where that cutoff can be? Every animal I feel like would be different.
1: It's pretty similar because it's, you know, neck to, to head ratio. So even on these smaller snakes, like I've had it a couple different times where I'm holding a seven, eight footer, which is not big as compared to how big these snakes can get. And i'm by myself so i'm just holding it here and i'm rummaging around in the car and immediately i'll feel the tail coming up my shoulder and starting to wrap the neck and at that point i'm like i'm gonna take that off and there's i've had heard stories of other people that have been you know further in before they realize it and somebody else is there to help them because they're getting lightheaded or they have to (laughs) say i knew one guy who had a 13 footer start wrapping his neck And he was by himself, and he couldn't do anything, so he literally just body-slammed it. (laughs) And that was enough to shock it, to let go. That guy's – he's a good guy, but, yeah, that was – He's a good guy. (laughs) Not all there, but he's a good guy.
0: (laughs) Bro, you were mentioning that in that video uh, with that longest python. I think it towards the end in the car or something about like it coming in through the window or it could. Or I, I remember you referencing something like that about how it could sneak up around you or something. Oh,
1: yeah. I mean they're very stealthy animals. When they move, it's pretty much silent. Like you're not yeah. – I mean I've, I've been catching snakes my whole life. I've actually caught six pythons by hearing them before I see them. Most people have never done that because it's, they're so quiet, it's, you're picking out the tiniest little auditory details, like just a twig cracking, or just like the grass moving in just a slightly different way. I mean, really what it comes down to is that snakes have streamlined movement. There's no footprints, there's no fluttering, there's nothing like that. It's just very shh. So if you can pick apart that sound, you can key into exactly what it is. And while we're driving, it, and that always happens during the day, it's not at night because at night they're hunting, they're a lot stealthier during the day. They're just moving around, they're basking, they're breeding, and you can key into the sound of it a little bit easier. But we'll be driving and I'll be like lizard, bird, lizard, I don't know what that was, back up and then go down there, pull back the grass, basking. 10-foot python. Like It happens. Basking.
2: See so your reaction. Your reaction to hearing a snake is very different than your reaction when you hear a snake is pull over. Let's go check. My <laughs> oh, yeah. reaction, if I ever heard a snake, was drive faster. <laughs> like it's Why gonna
3: catch you, you in the car. Chase. Yeah.
4: <laughs>
2: I don't care. I'm not taking that. Yeah, risk. yeah. I, I have two
3: questions for you. Uh, first off, we haven't cleared this up, so I just want to get it out in the air. Where do you do this? Like where? Because I don't want to be anywhere near this place. <laughs> Uh, so where is like your main hunting grounds, if you will?
1: So I actually have levee keys so I can access, like if you've ever been to South Florida and you've seen those like levees that just go out in the middle of nowhere, they have the big yellow gates. I have the keys to pretty much everything from Lake Okeechobee down to the Florida keys. So I can access almost any levee in the Everglades system, all of South Florida. So we have designated areas where we have you know, written permission to access those properties and I have the keys to get them. So most of the areas that we go to are behind lock and key. Those are areas that are less frequented by people. The snakes tend to be more comfortable around there. And it's just, it makes a bigger impact than being in these like domestic areas where the snakes aren't in the same kind of numbers. Now, the other thing I will say though, is that snakes in general, they're pretty much everywhere but you don't have to be afraid of them. You're welcome, Chase. (laughs) I'll
2: still still be very afraid. Well, the the
1: thing is that, and that's that's like a little bit of my PSA, because I do, I love snakes. I've been working with them my entire life. They're my life's passion. And people are very, there's a very unnecessary fear about them, because these snakes, like the pythons that we're working with, yes, they can get 17, 18 feet. And there are very few rare cases of them consuming people, you know, in their native habitat. We've never seen that here. But aside from that, every other snake in the world like that doesn't get that big, which is really only like a handful of species that get that big, You know, Burmese pythons, green anacondas, reticulated pythons, and a couple lesser known species, everything else besides that, you are way too big for it to ever consider you a prey item, so they're going to treat you as a threat. Now, defensive behavior is not something you have to worry about because if you're aware of your surroundings, that snake is either going to remain camouflaged or try to move away from you. So snakes are everywhere and they're very, very important to the ecosystem. A lot of times they're a keystone species that really hold the entire you know, ecosystem in balance, constantly regulating stuff like you know, small mammal populations or bird populations. And they actually, they did a study in, I think it was either Virginia or Maryland, where they tracked timber rattlesnakes and they found something ridiculous. Like every year, a timber rattlesnake will remove 10,000 ticks from an environment just because they're on the body of the animals that they consume. So it's little things like that that people neglect and they don't really realize how big of an impact these animals are having. And a lot of snake species have very slow reproductive rates. So there's not a lot of them around. And chances are, if you've never seen a snake in an area before, and then you suddenly see one there, it's either passing through or it's been there the whole time and you never noticed it. So, as long as you leave snakes alone, they'll leave you alone. There's no reason to fear them. And I encourage people to always face their fears, no matter what it is. So, if you have the opportunity, you know, next time you see a snake out in the wilderness, just sit down and watch it, see what it does. That's how we learn about stuff observational learning. And if you're, you know, in a captive environment, someone's doing a reptile show at a birthday party or something, and they offer it to you, go ahead. If you're afraid of it, go out there, wrap around your neck, play with it. Like that's the best way. Just <laughs> head on, attack any fear that you have.
2: I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm not gonna let it wrap
4: around. We my we, yeah. uh, <laughs> we have a science, we have a
3: kids science center here, and they do like reptile shows there. Uh, and my little kids jump right in there, man. They do uh, they have no fear
0: of those things. Yeah. dude. Would you hold a snake, Chase? Yeah. You hold. You're not that scared
2: of it, right? No. Look. Yeah. Look. I I definitely respect snakes. I definitely I've you know even in my yard I've seen a couple of snakes um, just you know little guys I would never try to kill a snake or anything I definitely understand that they're very important to the (laughs) ecosystem Uh, but I'm also not gonna try and grab it (laughs) that's
1: and that's good advice honestly that is fair I always say I don't ask you to like snakes I ask you to respect them because they are an important part of the ecosystem and just understand that they really want nothing to do with you big small venomous non venomous They all really treat you the same. And really one of the the main reasons I fell in love with snakes from an early age is the most fascinating thing about them to me is I can go into the wilderness, find a snake. And if I handle it properly in a number of minutes, I can get it to go from like actively defending itself, striking at me like crazy. in a number of minutes through real gentle handling, it'll start to work out. Okay. This animal isn't a threat and it'll stop defending itself. And I've had snakes that I pick them up, and for the first minute, they're just trying to bite me. A couple minutes later, hand them off to a six-year-old child. No worries that the snake's going to bite them because it's worked out that we're not a threat. And that's crazy because people don't even do that (laughs) with other people. Nope. You know? Definitely not. Why?
0: Why is it that, like, Like, when you go to, like, these kind of shows and stuff like that, they're playing around with a python instead of, like, I don't know, a black racer or a rat snake. Like, why does it always seem like a pythons aren't as aggressive and aren't trying to bite people versus, like, a cobra? Like, I know they're poisonous. I get that. But it just seems like they're always a python. Like, they always seem like – pythons are like – they knew they were going to be, like, the pet.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they're just impressive animals. Side note, pet peeve, snakes are venomous, not poisonous. There's a difference. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> Touche. Let's hear it. What's the difference? What's the difference between poisonous and venomous? Poison has to be ingested. You have to eat it. Venom is injected. Mm-hmm. So there is a difference there. Mm-hmm. And you can you can eat nice. a venomous animal and you'll be fine. Or you can you know get bit by a poisonous frog and you're not going to be. <laughs> There's nothing's mm-hmm. going to happen. But oh, yeah,
3: yeah. Good nice. to know. Nice. Here's your little tip uh, information One thing. One thing. I've I've wondered the whole time that I've been watching your Instagram, your YouTube videos. Like, what's the most scared that you've ever been, like, out yep. there doing your thing? 100%. Like, there's got to be a point where you're like, oh, shit. You know, like, oh yeah, this isn't good. Oh, yeah, yeah. This isn't a good situation.
1: I mean, it's a combination of things. To answer Jason's question from before, though, I think it's just because they get so big. They are very impressive animals, yeah. and they do tend to be yeah. very beautiful. And we can selectively breed them to get, like, prettier and prettier variations, which is really cool. Uh, now, to go back That's to your fine. question, because I know more people Sorry. probably I care about that. that in the <laughs> but, no, nah, I'm a master of tangents. Even this is a tangent <laughs> about <laughs> tangents right now. So, we're, we're, we're moving on. <laughs> <up. Nice. laughs> but, yeah, th- those dangerous situations, um, I try to be as professional as I can, especially when I'm interacting with animals that can kill me. And... So a lot of times I don't even really wrap my head around the fact that something was very dangerous until it's over. Mm. And that's just keeping your head in the game. So all of my closest calls, like it didn't really sink in until like a while after. So in terms of pythons, definitely the most scared, the most nervous I have ever been was catching that 18.9, just surely due to size. So a lot of times when I go in and catch pythons, now I I do, I pretty much never grab any snake by the head ever except pythons. And it's because most of the time when you're dealing with these smaller species, they they can have rather delicate, you know, spinal systems and jaw structures. And if you don't know what you're doing, you can potentially damage them. So I've never pinned snakes before. With the pythons, they're literally just so big, you don't really have another option. So... A lot of times I'm coming in and I'm just, bam, head grab, done. Like, pick it up, fight the coils back and forth, work them into a snake bag, deal with the rest later. But when I got up to that record breaker, its head's laying in the water. And you see my hand in the frame like this coming in. And I actually just stopped because I was planning on just, bam, grabbing it. And I realized that my hand wasn't going to fit around the neck. Cause it's neck was like this big. So I just kind of froze and I was like, "I, I don't know what to do. So I eventually I wound up, you know, tracking it through the water while my roommate Ryan was anchored into the tail. And I just, I did like one hand underneath one hand on top and just sandwiched in and locked in. But that was definitely the most nervous I've ever been. And again, what I was saying before is like, I didn't even realize that until after, What happened was when we got the snake back to the car, I was standing there you know, taking it all in and I suddenly became aware of the fact that my hands were shaking and I actually had to play it back in my head to think when did my hands start shaking? And they actually started as I was walking into the water to go grab it. I just was so in the zone, I didn't even realize how nervous I was until after. So,
0: yeah, you get a little high, a little adrenaline. Yes. Oh, enjoy percent. Right? You enjoy it. You enjoy I don't. It a yeah, I don't like at man. all
1: try to hide the fact that I have been an adrenaline junkie my entire life. <laughs> I love just anything that gets the heart rate up. I absolutely love it. Yeah. So I really, I will never deny that. I didn't even, I didn't
2: even think about the fact that you might have to go into the water with these things. Oh There's yeah. No freaking way. Not. Happening. Yeah. So we, no. we. Yeah. When that with that big one is. It
3: started to, like, tail back a little bit, it seemed like, when you were, like, getting closer to it. I was like, is he about to, like, go face first and dive after this thing? Or something? Oh, if, then, if my
1: oh roommate God. didn't have – if Ryan didn't have the tail, yeah, I was going to dive on it like Steve Irwin. Like, it was not – our, our <laughs> biggest concern was it getting away. That's our number one concern because yeah. there's been a lot – there's been several different people I know personally that have lost real big pythons in the water. And from the actual telemetry research, we've actually found these snakes to be 90% aquatic in South Florida. So they spend a lot more time in the water than we realized. They're spending 90%.
0: Fresh or saltwater? Or does it matter? Predominantly
1: freshwater. They do venture into saltwater occasionally. But remember, they are in the Everglades ecosystem. Most of what we're dealing with yeah. is freshwater shed coming down from Lake Okeechobee out into the coast.
2: Gotcha. So I feel like I got to ask, how many times have you been Yeah, I get that one
1: a lot. Um, I, I, I had to ask. Not, not that often. I would say probably once every 50 snakes or so. So I've been bit a, a handful of times for, for sure. It's typically not that bad because, again, we're dealing with defensive behavior. So it's typically bite and let go and then you don't really have to worry about it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's usually just a couple puncture wounds but it really depends on the location if they get you in a good meaty section you're barely going to feel it but the most painful bite i've ever got was straight across the knuckles and that felt like a sledgehammer it was impressively painful because the teeth were like going in between the joints and knuckles and oh, oh man yeah that was that was fun i was trying to that that was a 10 foot python in a burrow and i was trying to get it out and I like looked in and I was like, all right, I think I know how to get in here and be safe. And I went in and totally missed, just got nailed. And I was like, I don't think you can
0: ever say the word safe with anything that you do, though. Yeah. Like, I think that's just a word you should just yeah. remove. safe is. That's, yes.
1: that's very fair. That's uh, yeah. my, one of my coworkers. He loves people say after alligator shows, he'll, they'll come up and be like, oh, be safe. And he was like, yeah, it's not really my thing. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. So have you bitten Um, have you been by any venomous snakes? No, and I plan on keeping it that way. But <laughs> that's good. Yes.
0: I feel like that's just like a scary, like afterthought. Like you get bit and you're like, "Fuck! All right, I have t minus this amount of time
1: to like deal Pretty with." Pretty much, yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah.
0: I mean, snake bites. Do you have stuff on hand? Not like to like. Do you have like a- anything to like help you? Like, it, if you got bit by a coral or, or a rattlesnake? It, it
1: depends where you're at. Um, if we're dealing with a captive situation, a lot of reptile keepers that have large collections of venomous snakes will stop their own antivenom, but it starts to come down to the species itself. People that have mambas and stuff like that, they pretty much need to have their own antivenom or they're gonna die if they get bit. Uh, other species, it is possible to survive. I mean, in terms of snakes, snake bites in the United States, I think it's something ridiculous like 70 percent of snake bites that happen in the us are actually dry bites where there's no venom injected even if it is from a venomous species so and that really comes down to again we're dealing with defensive behavior venom Mm -hmm. production is you know very vital to a snake's digestive system if they are a venomous snake so it's very it's valuable to them and they don't want to waste it and most pretty much all snake venom is designed for feeding. It's not designed defensively. There are a few examples of that like spitting cobras and stuff like that where it is more you know defensive. and actually the lizard species, we have you know Gila monsters in uh, southwestern United States. Those are venomous lizards. Mm-hmm. Their venom is specifically designed as a defense. So it's designed not to you know digest or anything like that. It's designed for maximum pain. So that's – if you pick me up, I'm going to bite you, and it's going to hurt so bad you want to kill yourself so you'll never touch me again.
2: <laughs> okay. Shit. Definitely avoiding that yeah. animal. Oh, they're I beautiful. I've, I've
1: worked with them in captivity too. <laughs> they're they're really – they're so I'll, I'll look at photos of them. They're, they're beautiful. Oh, there's, <laughs> a
3: there's a guy on YouTube that, like, that's what he does. He, like, takes these crazy venomous uh, – animals and he's like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna let it bite me and then
1: you know there's actually a a, a a whole bunch of people that do that there's people making a living doing doing that stuff i mean the crazy thing too is is there's you know in terms of actual snake venom there's a lot of people in the venomous snake community like people that keep a lot of venomous snakes that will self-immunize you know self-immunize basically it means that they inject themselves with very small doses of snake venom like very small dosage. And they do it over and over and over and over again. And their body figures out how to work with those toxins and develops an immunity to it. So Mm. one of the guys that I work with, um, he does a lot of Cobra milkings. And my manager has actually seen that guy take a bite from a King Cobra, and then sit down, like walk outside, smoke a cigarette, sit down for a few minutes, and then get right back up and just start milking more snakes again and just going down the line so yeah
0: (laughs) and then for anybody who doesn't know milking that just means like pulling the venom yeah extracting the the venom yeah i actually i just posted
1: a video of it um it's my friend yeah Yeah. yeah,
0: that looked like just looks like just so much liquid i just well just knowing (laughs) that that was incredibly dangerous is insane to me
1: yeah i mean he was saying something ridiculous like we were predominantly milking monocle cobras that day And he was saying like, like one drop can kill like 20 people (laughs) effectively. And he's just going through, I think, I think my, I think Tom has like 150 of them or something like that. And it's every other weeks, every two weeks, biweekly, they just, they milk all the Cobras and then they sell it to pharmaceutical companies that, you know, manufacture anti-venom and stuff like that.
0: See, every time there's a hurricane or a tornado down there, that's my worst nightmare is that that your location gets hit by a tornado and then all those snakes are now just going after everyone else and that's like snake tornado. Like I guess the next snake is going out. Snake <laughs> snake yeah. snake tornado, man. That's what I'm saying. That's insane. That is just absolutely insane. Oh yeah. Um I pulled this up. I know your snake was 189 if I'm not if I'm correct, right? It was 189. Yeah,
1: 189 and a quarter inch. All right. Get that so and- I pulled up something <laughs>
0: that like I ra- I rounded it up. I p- I pulled t- things that are twenty feet long to give people like an idea how big that is because I suck when it comes to measurements. Yeah. So things that are twenty feet long is a draft. Um, three fourths uh, the length of a London bus. Uh, one and a half times the length of a Beetle. Uh, the Volkswagen. Uh, about
2: half oh, as tall. I like a... how you had to clarify the Volkswagen, <laughs> not the insect
0: Just want to make sure. I don't know, man. This one's pretty also, crazy. Also, you
2: know, we we lost Kevin for a second. Is he back? His power, yeah. His power flicker flickered off. He Ooh. said he's going to try and hop back in.
0: I figured that was going to happen. Are you getting hit by the storms right now, or anything in Fort Lauderdale? No, not right now.
1: No, we're good. I mean, we've been we have massive flooding down here still, but it we we yeah. got out pretty pretty easily on our part but
0: nice we're like Jacksonville's. like right now i like right when i hit the record button i heard thunder i was like you son of a bitch you come <laughs> so hopefully kevin comes back um he but, said it just flickered
1: so
2: nice anyways go ahead
0: well uh, now
1: we've simplified it now we don't have to worry about multiple yeah there's yeah, yeah, yeah. only yeah. one kevin yeah no, this, this is
2: better I'll, I'll go
0: into it and see if he comes in but what i was saying the other thing that like blew my mind was it's half as tall as a telephone pole. When I see a telephone pole, I'm like, Ooh. "Holy shit! Like that's that's big. Like I mean, that is a big snake, man. Oh yeah. Like, like it just blows my mind. Like that you guys. Like that's a like you had to had two people to catch that, right? There's no way that's a one man job.
1: I mean, I think I could have done it by myself. I'm definitely glad yeah. that we had two people. The the yeah. funny thing is that a little bit of the backstory that's not as much of public knowledge is that. Ryan and I had a deal worked out in advance where we talked about it many, many times of if we get a snake that big, what are we going to do? And he always said, if we ever get one that big, just let me have it. He's like, I don't care if it kills me. That's how I want to go out. Just let me fight it. So that was the plan. And in the video, you see, I'll do the head grab and I passed it to Ryan really quickly for two reasons one was that that we had it worked out that it was going to be mostly him and the other one was that he has bigger hands than me because i was like like (laughs) this on the neck like barely getting a grip and his hands are just bigger so he had a better advantage but yeah i mean pretty much 20 seconds into that he was like dude get get the tail like unwrap it like it's it's gonna start just locking in and there's not much I can do when you guys brought when you brought it to the
0: street. I that was the scene that I was talking about where I could see it starting to wrap around one of you. I think it was you or, or him, but I, Mostly saw it Ryan, yeah. it. I was like, bro, I was like, no, no, that's not good. And it, you were, the, he was so nonchalant about it. He was like, <laughs> Oh, okay. So this is not a good position. Let me move out of here. And I'm just like, bro, oh. it's just, I mean, I think it was like three or four wraps around of him. And, and then at that point he was like, okay, I should probably get out yeah.
1: of this now. Well, on the smaller ones, the way they really lock down the coil They'll go around the arm twice and then around their own body and just cinch. And it's, it's actually painful Uh-oh. how tight they can squeeze down that just the pressure alone. And I'm talking these are smaller snakes, you know, six, seven footers. Well, it's so yeah. painful. You're in a screw. Excruci- you're like, just get this off like because it, they squeeze yeah. down so hard.
2: Uh, And how hard
1: is it to get them off? um, If you were trying to just pull the coil out, it'd be virtually impossible. The only way to do it is to unwrap it. Like you're not, even on small snakes, they're so strong pound for pound. And again, these are wild animals. Now a lot of people have worked with Burmese pythons in captivity, but those snakes are fat and lazy. You know, I've been working with Burmese pythons in captivity since I was 11 years old. I've never seen the true power of these animals, but these wild ones, these are 100% wild animals fighting for their lives every single day. They're just, they're brutally strong. So yeah, you, you can't pull the coil off, you have to unwrap it. That's what I was saying, that's it, it, that wrestling part of it, is you need to know how to throw the coils to get away from that. So, hey, all right, Dude. now it's a party. Thanks.
4: Kevin's back. (laughs) Fucking hurricane, I was was telling everybody that
0: we're all getting hit by the hurricane. Everyone listening right now, uh, Florida, like, it's hitting west coast of Florida, and then it's coming right up Jacksonville, so Kevin's getting it now, and then I'll get it, like, in a few hours, so bear with us if everything backs, like, in and out, like, on the podcast, but... Gavin, the only thing you really missed, man. Uh, he just talked about how the snakes are really strong and how. He's, he's I love it. Yeah, hey. <laughs> yeah. I,
1: I could. I'll recap a little bit. It's like when they really want to cinch down, yeah. they'll throw two coils around and then wrap their own body and just tourniquet, cinch Ugh. it, and it's it's excruciatingly painful in certain cases. And you, the only you can't pull them off. The only way to do it is unwrap them. So that that's really the only thing you really miss. But,
0: do you, Is there, like, a, uh, a strength measurement? Like, how strong are these things, like, pound for pound? Is there something, like, uh, a way to, like, be
1: relative? I don't you know, might I don't be able know. to Google it. I actually have never looked yeah. it up. Um, You're like, I don't the, care. It's the the number, yeah, me. the <laughs> number really doesn't change much, you know. It's, <laughs> it's
3: not, not going to change what I'm doing. More, right.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, how powerful or not powerful you. it is. If it kills me, it kills me. Thanks. So... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But uh,
0: speaking of kills you, the things behind you, bro. You, we talked about it before we started recording. The uh, you have a big snake uh, just across your wall or down your wall, and then a hat that looks like it has some snake on it. Uh, please explain what we're looking at. Yeah, right so
1: these are these are just products that my roommate Ryan. He has a company called Field of Berm. Berm is in Burmese pythons. B u r m.
4: And, uh, uh yes. so,
1: you know, the, the snakes, well, we were talking about this earlier, but, you know, unfortunately majority of the snakes that we catch do wind up being euthanized, which is a very unfortunate situation, but it's really a volume issue. Our agencies have caught over 6,000 of these snakes and we catch more of them every single day. So we try and make sure that nothing goes to waste. So my roommate you know, has his own company he's been building for the past couple of years and he does all custom leather work and everything. So this is actually one of the hat prototypes he's been working on right now. And it's, I really, the second I saw this design, I was like, that is genius. And I was here when he made it at like (laughs) two in the morning, he just, he was up like wide-eyed just stitching. (laughs) And I could see the look in his eyes and he was like, dude, I I got a good idea. I think I got it. And yeah, so that's like the top of the snake and then that's the bottom. So super, super cool idea. I really like it, but he does. We're looking at the
0: bill. The bill of the hat is leather, like the snake. Yeah, Uh, for anybody who's listening to see the video, but and I'm thinking (laughs) of Grayson now because now if is that a snapback? Because our boy Grayson would kill to have yeah yeah. a snapback. It's a snapback. Oh, yeah. yeah it is, baby. Oh, you know. <laughs> so if you do see an order from Grayson, yeah, if you see a, if you see a Grayson order, you'll know he came from the podcast. Yeah, so he loves his snapback. And I was
1: I was saying earlier wow. too that you know he has all the other products, you know, wallets and belts, belts. and all that fun stuff. And he just finished, oh, and the knife. Yeah, yeah. He just finished uh, two knife sheets with for a custom order for him. That's but awesome. But they came out really yeah, really dude, cool. He does some really really good work. He's really talented. Yes. And again, yeah. everything, you No, know, all of this is done with, you know, invasive Burmese pythons from the Florida Everglades, just making sure that nothing goes to waste, even though we are in this unfortunate situation with them. For
0: sure. Yeah. So what is, snake is the only thing I've never eaten, man. I've had all <laughs> kinds of different kind of, uh, like reptiles and stuff like that. Like, what does it taste like?
1: Uh, I'm actually vegan. There you go. So Bullshit. I can't tell you.
0: No, that's, vegan like since you're a little kid or like uh, for a little recently? over three years
1: now nice
3: nice
0: okay yeah wow. so i i did, i like as i was asking the question i was like you love snakes so much i don't know if you would actually
1: eat yeah them. exactly that's that's what it comes down to is i've been yeah. working with like i work full-time with animals i love them they're my entire life's work and it just to me personally at some point in my life i just realized that it just kind of a weird contradiction mm-hmm. to work so hard to save so many animals and then just eat other ones because I'm hungry and I think with every yeah. pat like I don't want to go on a big vegan nah, rant I'm good, not man. one of those people that's up in your day, face bro. but I do think that with every passing day and every passing month and every passing year it becomes easier and easier to have a vegetarian vegan diet successfully in our society today. There's just more products available, there's more research that goes into it. And I do see a lot more people waking up to that because I do think that, I mean, we're, we're you know, we've, human beings are incredible at adapting. Mm-hmm. We can pretty much eat anything, we can pretty much do anything because our bodies adapt so quickly to survive in any situation so i'm not saying that you know i won't attempt at all to say you know we can't eat meat or we shouldn't even eat meat but to me it's an ethical choice that i've done for the past couple of years and i have actually a pretty decent background in bodybuilding i was very very obsessed with it in college so when i went vegan i wasn't like one of these you know oh i'm just gonna not i pulled out the food scale the tracking apps tracked every single macro micronutrient for months until I got it down so intuitively knowing I'm hitting all of my essential amino acids, all my fats, proteins, lipids, you know, making sure I'm hitting everything. And now that I have it dialed in, I just eat intuitively. I don't miss anything. I don't have any cravings. Like I just know what I'm doing. My body has adjusted. And if anybody ever asks me, you know, says, oh, where to get this from, where to get that from, like have you ever tracked your calories? Ever. And most people are going to say no. And my dad actually called me out on it. He was like, "Oh, I, I feel like you're you're missing this or that." And I sent him twelve pages <laughs> of screenshot macro and micronutrients and said, "Show me where I'm deficient in any of these." And he said, "I don't know how to read that." And I was like, "Exactly." So <laughs> shut your
0: mouth. <laughs> I got I got this, Pop. You, you got to be one of the most unique, like, badass vegans I've ever seen. Like, I'm not trying to like. I'm not trying to put vegans in like a stereotype, but I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't think there's a lot of fucking vegans out there catching snakes. Oh that's yeah,
1: definitely, definitely not. But <laughs> yeah, it's that's- it's uh, it I'm definitely in a niche position. But yeah, that that's really yeah. what it comes down to is anything that you want to do. I mean, there are some some vegan bodybuilders that are very very inspiring to me that I've paid a lot of attention to, and I'm so, oh I'm a shell of what I was at the peak of my bodybuilding. I had like 30 pounds yeah. on what I have right now, yeah. but you know it's well
0: now you're like you're easy you're more mobile you can get out of these little yeah, light, tight, uh, squeezes that's yes. definitely
1: a th- like once you start reaching that point where you start going like this and you're like damn it <laughs> <laughs> you can't touch your shoulder can't touch your you shoulder. can't reach that yeah. itch you got to do that like on the, on the telephone pole, yeah, right. like a grizzly bear. just yeah, yeah, yeah. The back of yeah. your shirt's are all
3: ripped up because you can't – you're like, for sure. trying to yeah. take your shirts <laughs> off.
1: <sighs> <laughs> yeah, right? You <laughs> just rip them off You get frustrated. Yeah, there's definitely that. And just being lighter in general and more mobile. There's a lot of weird things like that. but And I definitely don't need yeah. the extra insulation down here in Florida because yeah. I did actually used to live in New York. And it definitely okay. – it, it helped up there. It's cold. Yeah, I don't want to yeah. go back. <laughs> it's too <laughs> cold for me. <laughs>
3: Amen, brother.
1: Like, like so. Uh,
0: so before we move on, and I'm sure we're gonna ask random questions throughout the rest of the show. Um, my like a typical. It sounds like a cheesy question, but like, where do you see yourself in like five or ten years with all this? Like, do you, do you want to see it grow more? Is it more of like public awareness? Like, where do you see it? Yeah, goes? I
1: mean, I've definitely tried to dedicate my entire life to wildlife conservation and, you know, just overall education in terms of, you know, the environment and stuff like that. So I definitely would like to see who, like the persona that I've created myself to be as a figure that's educating and inspiring and and moving people along, I'd like to see that grow. I've never really been much I know that true fame is not a blessing, really. Most people hate it once they get there, mm. but I do see that platform as something that I want to get to because then I can reach more people and I can spread the message further. And I'm all about wildlife conservation and you know just helping out our overall ecosystem and helping out the planet. And that's really what I wanna push forward, just moving forward, whatever venue I get into, Whether it's, you know, social media, TV, whatever it is, just growing the brand Mm -hmm. so I can continue to educate and inspire more people down the line. That's awesome.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. I'm just glad you didn't say, like, I'm going to go into, like, (laughs) lion taming or something dangerous or some crazy shit. I was like, I wonder if he's going to be like, I want to progress to another kind of animal, the human being. I I want to catch a (laughs) shit.
1: Reptiles is definitely uh, always going to be my niche. That's definitely where I've, I've spent my whole life working with them and I work with alligators you know three days out of the week I work with pythons four days out of the week that's my typical rotation I've been working with snakes way longer as impressive as alligators are snakes will always just be a little bit more you know wired into my brain it's just a little bit more love for yeah.
0: them it like like I'm assuming it's going to be, the answer is going to be snake. How do they compare in catching? Like, are they just as fun? Like catching an alligator
1: versus catching a snake? So, I actually, I consider catching pythons my less dangerous job. <laughs> catching an alligator okay. is, because it, yeah, you're really either going to, if you're catching a python, you know, I mean, you're going to get bit or you're going to get choked out and die, but it's not. Like if you get bit by an alligator, it's just gonna rip things off of you. Like it's a lot, yeah. it's a lot less forgiving. Getting bit by an alligator gotcha. than getting bit by a python. So that, gotcha. that
3: death roll is like one of the scariest things in all of nature, in my opinion. Like like it just grabs on you and just. Oh yeah, you
1: know? yeah. I mean the the scariest right. moments I've had with alligators. So a little bit of a fun fact about gators is that it, for our purposes we consider a wild alligator less dangerous than one that's been in captivity for a month or so. Because when they're full wild, they're extremely defensive because they don't understand the situation, they think you know, you're know you gonna kill them and they're just defending themselves. But once you've had them in captivity for a month, they're just as defensive most of the time, but now they're starting to learn your moves and they can start to predict what you're going to do with the same amount of defensive behavior. So those have definitely been my closest calls is, is working with gators that we've had for a little while, and they know what you're gonna do, and they try and beat you to the punch. And it's scary. <laughs> I've had, oh, there's, wow. there's this one gator I've been working with in the gator pit at everybody's holiday park, and his name is Kaiser, and he's new and he is a little bit of a firecracker uh now gators in general they actually have very complex personalities each single every single alligator that we work with has their own personality their own mood swings you know the whole spectrum and they treat different people differently so kaiser for whatever reason doesn't really try to bite chris but he almost always tries to bite me, and it's a little, little interesting. So, what did you do to this man? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you, <laughs> I, you, off, know you slapped his ass. Was... <laughs> You're like, "What's up, honey? <laughs> What's up, baby? <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you walk, girl." <laughs> <laughs> you didn't like that. He didn't uh, like that no. at all. Like that. No. <laughs> that little cat whistle going. <laughs> but he, uh, yeah. I, I think it might come back down to I was the first person to jump him after having him in the pit for a while.
3: Oh, yeah. And
1: uh, yeah, he, so he might not like me for that reason. Um, but yeah, yeah, he's, so the, the thing is, is like, you know, we'll, we'll line up, like I'll drag him out by the tail, line him up and I'm going to jump him and I got to get in low and stay in the pocket, get my hands on the back of his neck so that if he does swing up, I can keep myself in the pocket where I'm not going to get bit. So he's learned that, He knows what I'm going to do. So the second... I I just did a show with him uh, two days ago. And I lined him up. And immediately, I could could see it in the corner of his eye that he's just watching me. And slowly turning, mouth is cracked open. He's just watching me. And I know that he knows exactly what I'm going to do. And that's terrifying. Because I know he's going to try and get me. And I'm doing this in front of an audience, by the way. So... (laughs) So I'm like lined Whoa. up and I'm like I'm just I'm just like all right stay in the zone you got this and I just got really low tight into the pocket and the second I jumped he immediately just tried to swing up and I just caught him and looked, locked into the pocket and he just you know came right up like quack like right here and then back Off and to forth side, and yeah. thrashing and then I had him and then a couple minutes like you know, a couple minutes into the show, he just relaxed. He just accepted what was going on. But the, I'm like... He's like, so, I'll,
3: get, I'll get you next yeah, time. Yeah, so I'm bitch. just... I'm sit- <laughs> yeah, right?
1: Like, I'm sitting there like, what was that all about? Why did you start out that way? Like, you know the drill. <laughs> so, and it, it, a lot of that just Bro. comes down to their personalities. We've had gators come in yeah. where within a month, we're doing shows with them and they're just, you know, placid. And we've had other ones that they'll never just learn to accept what we do. So there's so much variation that comes in with them. Mm. And we, we do kind of cherry pick the individuals that are going to fit that lifestyle. Well, well, I guess I didn't really talk about that at all yet. Um, so all the alligators that we work with, uh, we walk, we work under Paul Bernard, uh, with the gator boys team. And we go out and we rescue nuisance alligators out of people's backyards, front yards, swimming pools, stuff like that. So, Literally, those alligators, we call it rescue because when you're trapping and or wrestling, you know, at the park, we're not employees, you're not an employee of the state. When you go out to trap an alligator, you're a volunteer. (laughs) And when you go out there, that that limits your liability, the liability of the state. So if you get an arm or leg ripped off, just get well soon card, you know, let us know how it goes. But so there's no liability. So in that case. The reason they set it up that way is for the liability but then when you trap an alligator your alligator is the payment so most trappers just take that alligator to a processing plant sell it for the skull skin meat stuff like that we don't do that we're strictly non-kill so all of our alligators have to be alive and kept in captivity and we work with a lot of different parks to accomplish that goal but that's what i'm talking about is like we'll catch these gators out of people's backyards you know, where they would otherwise be killed in those situations, rescue them, get them back to the park, work with them. And then we do these like, yeah, 20 minute shows with them, like educating the public. And we have a a whole bunch of them in the pit, so We rotate through. So none of them ever have to do more than two shows a day. And it's very hands-off and in the beginning. And really uh, the best way to describe it to people is it's like mosquitoes. You know, when you get into the Everglades and like there's just a ton of mosquitoes And for the first couple minutes, you're just like, yeah, but after like 20 minutes, you're like, you know what? Like, it's just, it's over. I'm just going to get nailed. Like, it's just, you just, you stop even, like you might swap one here or there, but you know, you're just going to get bit. So they just kind of do that where it's once they realize they're not actually in danger, we're not actually a threat. We're not going to hurt them they tend to just relax. But again, that, that is up to their individual personality. Some of them will figure that out really, really quickly. Others, it takes a while until they figure it out. And some of them, it's just going to take too much effort for it to ever really come around. And in that case, you know, we'll just send that one off to one of the other parks that we work with. But eventually all of our alligators also get retired You know, after they've done shows for a while, we'll just stop using them for shows and move on to a new one so that's like the whole basis of what we do but yeah working with those new alligators oh man that's where my closest (laughs) calls have been working these jobs is definitely jumping those brand new ones they don't really understand what's going on yet or they're starting to figure it out and they just want to kill you and that is a and you know you got to do it the second i drag that gator out to do that show I'm doing it. No matter how bad he tries to kill me, I'm doing that show with him. (laughs) And you got to keep a straight face and just laugh through the whole thing the whole time. Meanwhile, inside... This is awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Like... This is how it's supposed to go. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every every time. Like, oh, yeah, great. Everything was awesome. Tip me. He almost bit my head off, but we're good.
0: (laughs) That's funny because, like, when I hear people that are actually like deathly afraid of reptiles or or snakes or anything like that, the first thing they say is that I don't like them because they don't look like they have a personality. Like when you look into their eyes, they're just straight face. They don't change their personality. So when you talk about the alligators like having a personality and they have the mood swings, that like plays completely different from why people are scared of them. Not to say that changes their face structure, but – it's just funny hearing you saying that because, like, that's mm-hmm. the first thing I thought of when you are like, oh, this dude has, like, mood swings and he knows me and he, like, has his good and bad days. And then I'm it's like, like Chase,
2: oh, shit. Know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's really crazy because this – when I say this, it tends to freak a lot. Well, not freak. It's just there's a shock value to it. I can read a snake's behavior better than I can read a dog's behavior. I'm just bad mm-hmm. at dogs. I just – I look at them yeah. and I don't know yeah. what they mean. I don't know what they're trying to tell me. I can't read their body language, but you give me a reptile, you know, you give me a snake, give me an alligator. I know what it's going to do long before it does it. You know, I'm able to predict that. And it's, it's almost like think of every animal as a different language because every living being is going to interact with other living beings. So if you're doing that, there's a way to interpret that so but it's like another language so when i work with reptiles there's a lot of overlaps and you know even if you're working with a different family or a different group of animals completely gators versus snakes there's still overlap because they're all reptiles so it's almost like in the same way that you know we have you know english german french spanish italian they're all like latin based languages that's kind of how you want to think about it it's like reptile is like its own basis of language, and then there's, you know, the individual languages are like, you know, snakes and gators, and you can break it up into vipers and lapids and constrictors and break it down like that. So that they're very, very that you can definitely learn the skill of being able to read them and understand them, and they 100% have personality, mood swings, individuality, a lot of it. Way more than people that don't work with reptiles would ever think.
2: That's crazy. bro. I know.
0: Right? It's like its own little language, you know? Yep. Bro. 100%. All right. Like I said, man, I told you. I, I said I have one last question. And then when we asked like 13 other questions right out there, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's going to happen throughout the rest of the show. But um, So coming up next, I'm going to have Kevin or Chase, whoever wants to do it. We have a pigskin pick'em league. They're just going to recap it, see who's winning, because uh, the biggest loser out of this podcast has to rip some hair off their chest, and so we got to figure out who's winning right now. Um, It's close. So so, yeah, we'll get into that.
4: What is up, my people? Jose here. 2020 has been the year of things happening that are completely out of your control, but there is one thing you can't control, and that's that safari you got growing down there. Guys, seriously, when's the last time you shaved your balls? You might not pay attention to all that fuzz, but if you want anyone to pay attention to your package, you gotta take care of it. Not trying to look prepubescent like Chris? I get that. I'm a hairy dude. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't trim your hedges and leave yourself looking and feeling fresh. Luckily, our sponsors at Manscaped have the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0, a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost. Their ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down low. The Lawn Mower 3.0 is waterproof so you can use it in the shower and comes with an LED light so you can manscape during a power outage. They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to the Lawnmower 3.0. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit which includes tempered stainless steel tools that include tipped tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. 2020 may have gone to shit, but that doesn't mean that you have to let yourself go down with it. Pluck those random long curly hairs that just so happen to grow five times faster than all of your other hairs. You guys know which ones I'm talking about. Clip those talons and trim that bush. I promise you'll feel like a brand new man. Go to manscape.com and check out the Lawnmower 3.0, the Shears 2.0 Nail Kit, and all of their life changing products like the crop preserver an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer, and the Crop Reviver, a testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your balls. We won't judge you if if we catch you sniffing yourself. I've done it. Ain't no shame in this game. So don't let this be where you fucked up. Listeners of the show will get 20% off plus free shipping when they use the code cup2cup at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com, just use the code Cup to Cup, no spaces. Trust me, your balls will thank you. Kevin, tell
0: Yo! us. I know you're super excited right now because you finally took the <laughs> t- took the lead against uh, me, and so you're super stoked. So give us a uh, give us the rundown of who's winning, who's losing.
3: All right. So for those of you that are currently competing in our picks. Again, pick them. We all appreciate it. Uh, the updated leaderboard, still Joe Pepe's taking it all. 96 points. The mayor is number two right now. Okay. 90 points, Mr. Andy. What's uh, the time? Hinderbeard is 89 hmm. in third place. Chase getting up there near the top. I'm, I'm coming for that top, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm I don't coming know about the top, top, but you might like get up there. Man, in I'm top only 30. I'm only
2: eight behind. I can I can catch up. I can catch okay. up to Joe. Uh, I'm coming for Joe. So what about
3: the podcast? Yeah, we are the crew rankings now? Uh, so Chase is first in the crew, eighty-eight. Jose eighty-seven. Chris eighty-six, and finally. I fucking caught you, Jay. <laughs> it only took me like four weeks, but you blew it, man. You blew. It, you... I text Jason. I'm like, dude, you gotta stop picking the Jags because, the, <laughs> like, every week you pick the Jags and it hurts you. And he's like, oh, I just auto picked this shit.
0: Yeah, that I'm did like, not. Bitch, that's you why you auto pick. Yeah, apparently there's there's two things. Uh, if anybody uses the app, there is a popular pick, and then there's the it's like friend vi- I don't know, it's like popular pick and whatever. I just pick the popular pick and I go through and I'm like, "All right," and I put the score in at the end and that's it. That's what I do. It takes me 2 seconds. It's great. Well, guess what? It's
2: not working for you. You might Damn want to figure that just <laughs> means I'll have a clean out.
0: chest at the end of the end of the uh, season. Yeah, for sure, man. I'll do it with you. I mean, Plug it's it, it's yeah?
2: close between between first and last place in the crew. It's what like 5 points. Well, me and Jay are actually Four points. tied right now, but yeah. uh, you know. We know, know you're going to take the lead. I did catch
3: him? <laughs> yeah. Uh, which I mean I
2: took a week off, guys. I took a whole week off, on accident. I mean, don't say. I was about to say, don't say you took the week off. Yeah. That makes it seem like you're like, I'm so good at this. I'm just going to sit out. Yeah. No, you forgot. Like I went you to Bora Bora. That's you or week you know? off. <laughs> Yeah, you kicked it up at, at uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah,
0: yeah. I'm, I'm in Bora Bora right now. I don't want to play this league. Yeah, Fuck yeah, this. Funny. Bora boring. Am I right? Oh, oh yes, God. that we're, I haven't heard the these. <laughs> 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 the love it i should just do mosquitoes for him that's what, what yeah, he's probably you should used do to, to <laughs> <my> <laughs> uh all right so i don't want to hear jose's fuck-ups right now man i want to hear chris's what if um so it's a what if it up. basically what this entails is someone gives us a what if and we just kind of ponder our brains and try to wrap it around that i guess so i don't know what chris did but here it is you're entering another dimension not one of sight or sound, but one with three idiots. You're entering what if? Yeah.
5: What's up, boys? Three idiots producer and Chris one dropping not in idiot. for episode one oh one. Had a lot of fun last week doing episode one hundred live. Thanks. Thank you to Woo. everybody that showed up and commented and hung out with us and stayed for the entire length of the episode, which clocked in at a very short two hundred and eighteen minutes, easily the longest <laughs> episode we've ever had. So thanks to everybody and here's for at least a hundred more awesome episodes, but I'm dropping in this week for the what if kind of make the guys think outside the box. So this one I thought was pretty interesting. I'd be curious to hear the feedback from this. What if every time you snapped your fingers, you would instantly be transported to a random point in humanity's timeline. Would you snap your fingers? If you did decide how often would you snap your fingers? So basically if you could just snap your fingers and then you're just transported to a random spot on the timeline, it could be hundred years ago, thousand years ago, I mean, you go 100 years in the future, just would you snap your fingers just to go see a different time period throughout humanity's timeline? I personally am going to do it because I think, you know, I'm not a huge history buff. Sorry, Kevin. But, and you know, you can read about and see what stuff was like in the past or what we think it's going to be like in the future, but I think it's pretty awesome the fact that I could just literally snap my fingers and then boom, I'm back in 1750 or I'm back in 1932 to see what it's like. I think that would be cool just to actually live and see what it was like. During those times. And then this is a little funny part I thought of at the very end. Would this kind of the part three of this, would you do it if there was a 20% chance that you would get stuck in that time period? So say you snap your fingers, boom, you're back in the 1950s. Would you do it knowing that there's a 20% chance you might not get back and you're stuck in the 1950s? Okay. I will be curious to hear your conversating and debates about this. And until
0: I talk to you bitches next. (laughs) Hold
2: all right, I right so that pitches, was so, I mean, yeah, like,
5: <laughs> that,
0: that was easy. Like in the beginning, I'm like yeah, absolutely. My my follow up question was, can I snap back to like the my yes, current time? That was yeah. my Which that was my question. I think too. he alluded to, so we can all safely assume yes, you could. But I I like his last one where he says you have a twenty percent chance of getting stuck. Knowing that, I'm not taking that chance, man. I'm not I taking that some, chance. I got some side questions. Like, is am I going by myself? Like, is
3: my family coming with me? Because, it like... It sounds like
0: you. Just you.
3: If it's just, just me, you. Like, I took it as just you. Just I'm you, 20, 20% chance. My family. Like, you know. Yeah. <laughs> One in fifty But, I mean, like, it'd be kind of cool. To do it. <laughs> it'd be awesome.
0: It'd be awesome. 20%, I'm, that's
3: I'm, pretty fucking high for, like, permanent yeah. shit.
0: Snakeaholic, do you have any kids, or, and are you married? No. Neither of the two. So I feel like your answer might be yes. You're snapping your
1: finger. I just... You know, if it was... If it was 100% dialed in that I could snap my fingers once, go to that time period, and then when I snap them again, I come back, that'd be kind of cool. But what I do professionally right now, this is the only time in history, historically, that we can do it. So... I really like where I'm at right now. I don't really want to leave <laughs> But,
4: yeah.
1: I mean, one of the big things is that just knowing, I mean, okay, so uh, so the study of reptiles and amphibians is called herpetology. So, when we go out to look for reptiles and amphibians, we're herping. So, herping back in the day, like, you know, old old school, like people that, you know, are, are much older than I old am. Old school herpes. Yeah, old yeah. school herpes. <laughs> I don't know what, but they uh, are. <laughs> they talk about you know back in the day what the animal populations were like before we disturbed them so much and just you know destroyed everything and collapsed populations made species endangered wiped them out extirpated them so i definitely have a desire to go back to certain time periods just to see the density of animals what these populations used to be like i mean Right where, do you guys know in South Florida that the Seminole Hard Rock, the casino with the big guitar? Yeah. yeah. Apparently no. that yeah. used to be one of the best spots for Eastern indigo snakes, which are now federally protected because there's like barely any of them. Apparently there yes. used to be a ton of them there. And now- Most beautiful snakes in the world. Oh, they're beautiful. But like they're completely, oh. like that whole area is just metropolis now. So being able to go back, you know, 50 years or something and be able to see that, like those kind of animals, the animals that today we consider endangered or even extinct, we could go back mm-hmm. and see them how they're supposed to be. Yeah. And I mean, butterfly effect, you probably don't want to tell someone, hey, don't do this. Because the next thing, yeah, right? you know, yeah. oh, and we teleport yeah. back and it's we're all just like Amish or something like that. But yeah. No offense, no offense to the Amish people. No, it's too, li- it's too late. They're already that is that is one of the best Twilight Zone. Yeah. I want
0: Twilight Zone to come up with like a story like that where it's like everyone he you do a butterfly effect and everyone comes back. back. Like I don't know how that's gonna go, but I find that to be the funniest like thing happening because you did something. Yeah, like well, I got the
1: beer for it. People so I'm will not halfway see that there, you, know? you do. You're yeah. halfway there. Yeah. Yep. yep. Um
0: fun story about the indigo indigo snake uh i had rabbits or my my sister had rabbits in the backyard so i say that because the one day still the problem yeah <laughs> one day um, they all died they all died and the an indigo an indigo snake was in the backyard and at the time we didn't realize it was an indigo snake but we didn't want to kill it but we didn't want it in the backyard because of the rabbits so my dad and i caught it and we threw it in the back of his truck at the time i took a picture of it and i showed it to my buddy he was like bro that's an indigo snake that's in danger get that shit out of your truck because if anyone catches you that's a huge fine oh yeah and so so at that time i was like my da- it was already in the truck so my dad like you mentioned before about the snakes coming around and wrapping around your head my dad was driving it up the road just to move oh. it away from the house it came inside the truck and that's when he just pulled out of the truck and just jumped out and let him just get get out in front of the neighborhood. So. He basically got about 100 to 200 yards away from the house, pulled the truck over, jumped out, snake got loose. We've never seen it again, but it's another neighbor's problem. But That's my
1: indigo snake story. (laughs) No, that's awesome, man. I mean, I've never seen one.
0: It's almost like the color changes with the light. It just looks like all these different kind of colors. Oh, yeah. So when we saw it, it looked like a black racer. It looked like it's just a big, giant black racer. But then when we saw it in the truck, we saw like this different, it's like greens and blues. And we're like, whoa, what the hell is going on? And we realized what it was. And that's like... When we're like getting it out of the car, because I heard the fines like, oh, insane. Oh yeah, so. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's bad. Like you don't want to, <laughs> good. You don't want to get caught with stuff like. that. I feel
0: like just saying it on the podcast. Someone's like, "All right, we're gonna
2: give you a fine just for
0: that."
4: It was twenty
2: years ago, but we're gonna find you anyways.
1: Yeah, it, basically, yeah. FWC, they don't play around with invasive species and protected land and protected species and stuff like yeah. that. But and I
0: respect it for sure. Really. Um, oh yeah, it was just like. At that time, we we're like we didn't want to kill it because that would have been the worst case scenario. Oh that's yeah, definitely bad. Yeah. And then we we're You're like, for for right, sure getting someone it. knocking on the door. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You think your fine was bad before? <laughs> yeah. Get ready. Um. So are we all taking? We're not going. We're not snapping the fingers then. If we got the twenty percent chance of making nah. it. No, oh oh nah. oh! Are we about to obviously- find out? Oh, he's gonna Thanos oh, yeah, the fuck dude. out of us. Oh. I really want to. F- I really want to just animate this right now. If he snaps, I'm gonna like send him to another place. Like, oh, why don't we all do it at the same um, time
1: and see what happens? All can right. we all go Let's somewhere. Go.
0: Three, two, one. one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <shit. All> right. <laughs> oh, I'm absolutely putting something on our screens right. and like, like I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm gonna try something. That, the benefit of standing be up, I can
1: just drop out of the scene. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah it's perfect.
0: All right, guys. Uh, like I alluded to before. Um, we got our boy Jose. Uh, this is where we fucked up in our last episode,
2: which was almost Maybe, yeah. four hours, hours, which is long. Too long. <laughs> I mean, right? It, it, his uh, this is where we fucked up is going to be like an hour. No, it's yeah. not. It's not. It's it's four and a half minutes, so it's not too
0: bad. Okay. So if That's you guys need to sure go take a him. take a pee break, get a drink real quick, come back. Jose's uh, feelings won't be hurt because he won't know. Uh, but this is where we fucked up in episode one
4: hundred. What is up, my people? it is time once again for another edition of this is where we fucked up the weekly fact checking segment on the podcast where i call out the mistakes of the previous week if you took the time to listen to the drunken marathon that was episode 100 (laughs) then thank you thank you thank you the entire crew was on for over three hours and what would be the first live show we have ever done Mix that with copious amounts of alcohol, and you get plenty of hashtag content. So let's not waste any more time and dive right in. This is where we fucked up in episode 100. In what would become a recurring theme, I fucked up, and I fucked up a lot in this episode, Mm. Firstly, when I asked Jason what county Key West was in and then couldn't remember myself (laughs) and like an idiot screamed, Duval, just because I don't (laughs) want to say it. But Key West is in Monroe County. Jason fucked up when he said that we were recording a year to the day our first episode dropped because episode 001 dropped on November 7th, 2018. We were recording 100 on November 6th. Missed it by just Mm. a day. Another recurring major fuck-up we all own is the fact that we completely forgot that we were recording a podcast that people listen to mm. and continuously would acknowledge things <laughs> that we see on our screens yep. or would share things on our screens <laughs> yeah, to the be, audience I, without ever explaining what the fuck we were doing because we are hashtag professionals. One of those times was when Jason asked if we would have sex with the last person that we watched on TV for $600,000. Everybody answered. Kevin decided to show <laughs> on his screen who that person would be and never actually said if he what, would have sex with them it. or who the person was. The person was Burt Chrysler, comedian and former office <laughs> alum. Uh, and I Burt. I'll let Kev answer yeah. for himself on whether or not he would have sex with Burt. But for 600k, <laughs> I think he'd do it. Yeah, Bert maybe. for sure. He's so uh, fluffy. I said maybe. thermometer. A yeah, like, uh, uh, thermometer regulated my AC when I was meaning a thermostat because I'm dumb. We all fucked up big time by thinking FSU was capable of winning a football game last week. No that sure. was really funny. Uh, When Jason was running through what was left of the show, he mentioned that Chase asked our wives and boyfriends questions for Correct Me If I'm Wrong, but that's not the right segment. The segment was She's Always Right, and Chris isn't married. Yet. Hmm. Kevin was worried Jason was going to get a urinal infection at one point. I'm not sure what kind of infection you get from urinals, but I definitely do not want it. MTI, by the way. I am a huge idiot and called our faithful listener and one of the people that have has kept me accountable the most over the last 100 episodes... Henderbeard, voice I call, I referred to him as PJ on accident when I was literally staring right at him. Uh, I apologize, Henderbeard. I apologize, PJ. Both of you are amazing and two completely different people. It's Love you late. both. It's too late to apologize. The whiskey and the claws totally took over me, and I said that the Yankees won the World Series in 1995, but that was in 1996. 96. And then Chase and Chris both fucked up big time. By not correcting me about it, because the Braves won the World Series in 1995, and they're supposedly Braves fans. Did you say supposedly? Fill in the blank was about 50% us answering questions, and about the other 50% Jason forgetting who had already answered questions. (laughs) And finally, Jason forgot what women are, and then said this. Women are powerful humans. And yeah. I want them to destroy me. There you go. Very cool. And that is it for this week. And for the first 100. Thank you all again, everyone that listened last week. And to Jason for putting together an awesome production. As usual, if I missed anything and there was plenty in there, slip into my DMs at jose 14 on Instagram. And until next week, Peace. Yeah, backstory <laughs> behind that there,
0: Snakeaholic. Um What was it? Uh, something that we're into? Like, it was like a kinky thing? What's
4: uh,
3: yeah,
0: Something yeah. like that. And it, I basically said I, I'm yeah. into aggressive women. <laughs> women are powerful. Uh, powerful women, <laughs> and I wins. want them to destroy me. <laughs> Needs to, to me. be assured. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Perfect. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I I have, I assumed that episode was going to be a lot of us talking about visuals that people weren't hearing, and I apologize. Yeah. Like we'll get better at live stuff; it's not our thing. Uh, but we'll 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 try it. Um, but yeah. So on that note, I do have a voice nugget from Henderbird, and I do have a voice nugget from Jamie. I'll save Jamie at the end, but since he referenced Henderbeard, I'll play his real quick. Um, and obviously, because Henderbeard is awesome, and he always drops voice nuggets, I gotta play his intro before he plays his uh, voice nugget. Yep. Henderbeard. All
2: right,
0: let's hear what he says.
2: Good morning, cup to cup. It's a few hours after the recording of episode 100, done live on a Friday night. I wanted to drop an early fuck up dump for y'all. Me. I fucked up by trying to stay up way past my bedtime, sober, to hang with five drunk dudes. How else can I explain my simple cop-out of hot coochie during fill-in-the-blank when there were such great alternatives, like Mad Max Beyond Thunder Coochie, Mad Max Coochie Road, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Coochie, or Har- Harold and Kumar go to Coochie Castle. Cool. Anyway, it was a pleasure dropping in for a few minutes. Congrats on hitting triple digits. Underbeard.
0: Out. Yeah, so give uh, or snakeaholic, give me a movie and replace one of the words in the title with the word coochie. <laughs> the coochie
1: hunter. <laughs> 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 Sorry, that's a Steve Rowan reference, so I figured that was appropriate. Uh, <laughs> no, I thought it was great. I think it was perfect. I like it. Perfect for the <laughs> yes. show, man. It's perfect.
0: All right, um, all right. Let's wrap this show up with a dad tip from my boy Kevin. Uh, and we'll obviously hear a little bit more from uh, our boy Holly before we end this. And then uh, we'll call it a night. Do we want you to address it? that
1: You'll- Kevin rejected Burt Kreischer? Like, can we talk about that for a minute here? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like You can address it all you
3: want. No. But, I mean, I've seen enough of that man on that TV show. Dude, does he not? Does he
1: not look so warm and inviting? Like Bro, dude. He, he does look warm. I don't know about inviting. Oh, uh, dude. I want to be as comfortable like with
0: my body as he is. Like he's like my dad. Like I showed him the cabin show. What is it called? Uh Burt uh, like, what? what's his uh, Netflix special called? The, the cabin? cabin? Whatever it is. Yeah. My dad My dad was in town for, uh, last weekend, and I don't know what to watch. But I was like, this dude's funny, so let's see what this Cabin thing's about. And like, right off the bat, he's just naked or putting stuff up his ass. And yeah. my dad's like, what the hell are you showing me? I was like, Dad, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Sure enough, the next morning, my dad's like, hey, you want to watch more of that Cabin show? Like, uh-huh. uh-huh. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's just funny, bro. It was It funny. was great. Dude, this, it was great. his special uh, Hey, Big Boy, that was a great one. Like, so, so good. good. So good. So good.
0: So good. I hope he lives, like, longer than his lifestyle is predicted. Like, that he predicts he's going li- to yeah, live. Yeah, he's like, I'll be dead by 60. And I was yeah. like, oh, come on, man. I feel like you, you can be one of the greats. Just hang just, in, in there. Hang in there. Bro. Hang in there. Drink, drink a little <laughs> bit more water, bro.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Not much more, just a little yeah, bit. How, did, yeah. how are you, like, best friends with
3: Joe Rogan and, like, somehow, like, you're, like, the most, like unhealthy out of shape, like unhealthy guy ever. <laughs> yeah.
0: Speaking of Joe Rogan, yo, you were a uh, reference on his uh, show a, a while ago. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, just this past
1: right? week. Yeah, he pulled up our our 189 our record-breaking catch and had, you know, the yeah. picture up and he was talking about it with uh, Mike Baker, I want to say was who he had yeah, on man. that episode. So uh yeah, I mean I reached out to him like, "Hey, bro i hope you
0: make it man that's huge like we yeah. are no joe rogan but i uh, do. that'd no, be great for awesome. you man just just for the like yes. awareness for what in your causes and stuff that you're working with man would be great oh right? yeah and hopefully that'd he like awesome. i don't know how he gets his guests man i wish i would know because obviously we'd love to get him on this show which i know he never will <laughs> but hopefully you make it man because i thought that's i mean it's funny like nerding out but like if we were ever referenced on like a podcast like that we'd shit ourselves and i feel like you're like hey guys yep. We were referenced on Joe Rogan, no big deal. And I was like, ah, that's kind of a big deal, bro. It's like <laughs> billions yeah. of people yeah. are like watching and listening to. Yeah, it, yeah. Like no, it's a million. It is. It, it's
1: kind of crazy because basically uh, the, the story can get kind of kind of. I mean, I I want it to be inspiring. It's basically the goal. It's like for my whole yeah. life, I've been you know carrying this dream with me of like just like following in those Steve Irwin footsteps. Like I've wanted to get. My own TV show. I wanted to be doing reptiles professionally in a public audience, and like in the public eye. And for my entire life, growing up as a, a young kid living in Long Island, New York, it never seemed anywhere near possible. You know, it seems so wild out there. But I just I'm a very ambitious person, and I think you know you really you put your mind to something, you can do it 110 percent. Just go as hard as you can. And then in my senior year of high senior year of college, I was wrapping up my senior year. I was about to graduate. I had no idea what I was going to do. And out of nowhere, um, I had Chris Gillette reach out to me about being an alligator wrestler at Everglades holiday park. He's like, dude, I need a new alligator wrestler. And it's a very niche market. I think it'd be perfect for it. Do you want it? And I said, hundred percent, I do. I just have to finish my degree. I had one semester left. After that, I'm um, an open book. So I finished that degree, got it in my back pocket. By the way, I have a bachelor's in finance and international business. And uh, mm, <laughs> and then okay. I moved down here. Love
0: it, I, it's a great backup plan. Yeah,
1: it's always in my yeah. back pocket if I ever need it. But, uh, and I moved yeah. down here, just, you know, I, I threw away everything. Everyone I'd ever known, I moved to South Florida. I knew three people in the entire state. I had whatever I could fit in my car. I didn't know where I was going to live. I didn't really know anything about my job besides I was going to be wrestling alligators. And it was the scariest moment of my life. Put everything on the line, moved down here. And immediately that dream that just seemed so far fetched. Now I'm working with people that were on animal planets, number one show gator boys for six seasons. Mm -hmm. And now I'm like, it's so close. I'm like right there. And again, like nobody really knows Mm -hmm. who I am. And uh, just one random night in the Everglades, you know, I catch a record-breaking Python. Overnight, that story goes global. You know, it's been in it, all over the country, all these different places. And, you know, it, I literally, I've seen articles from Germany, the UK, France, Greece, several different South American countries, like almost overnight.
3: That's awesome. Man.
1: And, you know, podcasts hitting me up left and right, and I'm just riding the wave of it right now. But the, the point being that, my life's goal seems incredibly unrealistic you know just a couple of years ago but i put everything i have on the line i i risked everything all the cards on the table and i'm just a hundred percent chasing it so my 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 little you know psa thing is if you have a dream you got to go for it and there's no there's no excuse. Like if you just put all the cards on the table, go for it, especially if you're young, if you fail, you're going to have the time of your life while doing it and you're going to have enough time to recover and you're still going to, you know, wind up somewhere where you're happy. And so just whatever your dream is, no matter how strange it is, no matter how crazy far fetched it is, just go for it. And that's my, my catchphrase. You'll see it on all of my Instagram posts and everything is live your dreams and follow your passion. And that's a hundred percent what I do. Is like any dream I have, I work as hard as I physically can, give it a hundred and ten percent until it's a reality. And the whole time, I'm just letting passion push me through that whole journey. Hell yeah, bro,
0: that that's, was, awesome, that was man. fucking awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I wish I, I had that. like crowds by me right now that <laughs> we just do like this. Little yeah, class yeah, right yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I so, so ask, long story I short. Ask before he like, does yeah. a dad tip. Before before the dad tip, um, can you give me a timeline? Like, so when you moved to New York, graduated, then you came down, you became like kind of uh, working with the alligators, and then you caught it, uh, caught that snake, and then now, like, like not like month to month, but like years. Like, how did that work?
1: So I actually I'm about to come up on my two year anniversary from moving to Florida. So it's actually a pretty short time frame, and I moved down here. You know, I graduated college in December. I spent the holidays with my family and then left New York on January 3rd. Moved down here, uh, started wrestling gators right away, just, you know, thrown in, started teaching me. I trained for three months, um, almost every single day, shadowing Chris Gillette, just learning everything that he had, Gator Boys Chris, on Instagram. And uh, just just learning as much as I could from him. And then after three months, I started doing shows and working full days on my own i started getting involved with pythons right away and i do come from a very business oriented background because i do have a finance degree and so my goal was to become a python contractor i wanted to be one of these people because i knew i had the skills so i started just volunteering volunteering and before the application period opened i wanted the beefiest resume i could possibly have so I logged over 200 hours of volunteering to go look for pythons. And i would logged uh, over 40 captures in that same time frame, which was more than most of the actual contractors were putting in at that time. Most people don't even do that. And I was just doing a volunteer basis. I also volunteered with three of the top people that I could find. I had two top producers, uh, Donna Khalil and Tom Rahill. Very respected in the community and I had Ed Metzger who was the head of the biology department at University of Florida at the time were my three references for my application, so I just built up the resume as Beefy as I could possibly get it and I got in right away I got hired in the first round pick so I was really really fortunate to do that and ever since then I've just been hammering away at it just giving it a hundred percent building up that whole you know, portfolio, just, you know, catching more consistently, putting in more hours, catching more snakes and still wrestling gators and going back and forth with that. So since joining the team in June of that year, when I moved down, then it took me another year and then until October. So a little under a year and a half, I'd been, you know, a contractor with florida fish and wildlife catching pythons before i saw you know that record-breaking snake so and i've caught and when did you catch that snake uh october 2nd i believe
0: oh so is that okay okay yeah i think i started following you and and it's not because of that snake i think i just came across you and then right when i reached out it was right around the time that you caught it i think it was a happy accident i didn't realize it was that quick oh yeah yeah yeah, or that soon. That soon. That's yeah. It was. Damn, that was is recent. still fresh. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No,
1: I mean, we wow. actually we just did this. Like my roommate who does all the leather work, we just finished all the chemical work on the skin. The skin on that snake is drying in our living room right now, and it's t- okay. stretched out. it's it's like twenty one feet or something like that. The skin. Jesus.
2: Oh, man. Yeah, I would love to see someone's face if like a, a pizza guy like rang the doorbell. And just you open the door and there's this like giant leathers <laughs> our giant snakes getting in the yeah. living room. It's a it's a trick or like, treaters come.
1: By. And I'm one of those people where I like to dive into stuff like that because I like I like imagining. Well, it's more like not to be arrogant, but I like knowing that I'm the most exciting part of people's day. So like when I like I have a Costco membership and I always go to the same Costco to get gas. And every time that I go, I literally know the attendants that work there and they come over like, "Oh, snakeaholic." Like, you know, you catch any python, show us pictures, like. <laughs> so, tell yeah. me a
4: story. So, That's when people awesome. knock oh, yeah. on my
1: door, I see them just like and I'm like, "Come in. Let me just show you." Yeah. <laughs> and I got a pool table in like the front in the foyer, like right in the front. So, a couple different times people have come by to deliver something or you know try to sell something to me and i'm like let's play some pool like come on let's go we'll talk about snakes and <laughs> play some pool like it'll be a good time <laughs> that's
0: awesome that Hell is yeah. cool uh all right kev i don't know how you're gonna follow up with that man it's not, um, no, it's <laughs> impossible. he gave a motivational speech uh he then talked about how he just caught the snake just uh, about less than a month ago so i'm like blown away there i totally didn't realize that so i dropped the bomb uh ball on that so uh Kev, uh follow that up with a dad tip. You know what, young lady? Do you wanna go to timeout? All right.
3: One, two, three. It's time for dad tips.
0: Play, boy.
3: Woo! Welcome. <laughs> it's <been a> while. <laughs> to dad tip everybody. It's been a hot little minute. A little bit. It's been a hot little minute. I wanted to reach out because I've I've been experiencing this. Uh, between me and I see other people with the same problem. Let me make something clear here. You are a dad. No, you're not a mom. No, you didn't go through hours of labor. No, you didn't have a baby come through your vagina, okay? You are a dad. And look, there are some things that you cannot do. There are some times where you will feel Absolutely helpless. I know Jason's experiencing a little bit of helplessness every now and again. I know I've in the past have felt that way. Like, I just wish I could do more to help mom out, to help the family out. But you know what? Like, you have your own duties, do them, do everything that you could possibly do. And I'm here to tell you that this, like, we talked about it before with the baby babies. You know, give a helping hand where you can, you know. If you got to wake up with mommy every now and again, to give them a helping hand, do that. This shit don't stop, bro. I got kids that can wipe their own ass, like, you know. (laughs) Uh, It's And it doesn't stop. Now, my wife is a fucking legend. You know, she wakes up in the morning, takes them to school, comes back with them, and a lot of nights she's on her own, you know, to to feed them. So, basically, she's with them all day. So, on my days off, like tonight, I tried to do what I could to give her, like, a little time to herself, you know. Like, even if it's just like twenty minutes, like go take a shower. You know, she went and I don't know, got her fucking nails done or something today. I don't know, <laughs> uh but like, and 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 like, anytime the kids are like, "Mommy, can you?" Ta-? I'm like, "I'm right here. Ask me. Don't worry about her. Let her do her her damn thing. You know, like give her some time. You're you have duties as a father. Like, do that." you know so you you may feel helpless a lot of times but you're not dude you have a fucking job you are a dad you're not helpless is what i'm trying to tell you
0: so i like just, that you said wipe your own ass because the first thing i think about is big daddy is like i, want yeah. my own I wipe my own ass <laughs> yeah
3: and i mean and when you think they're done and they can wipe their own ass sometimes they'll be like hey uh, can you come help me wipe my ass? I'm like, what the fuck? We're going back to this now? <laughs> you know, so make sure you got you got your duties and don't ever feel helpless because you guys are dads. You have your own things that you can do. And when you can help out, obviously give a helping hand, you know, give mom a break because um, probably she's doing most of the work, to be honest.
0: Yeah, probably. Yeah. I like that. dad tip. That was good. Thank you. Appreciate it. That was that.
2: good. That was good. That was good.
0: All right um one last voice voice nugget from our girl jamie with one eye uh jamie. i think it's time that we have to give her her own intro it's only fair oh uh oh. and this one's about chris i think it's about chris's uh what 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 does it for uh chris
3: oh. hey there gentlemen you know who this is so i'm uh almost done <laughs> listening to episode 100 it's a Ooh. long one i've been busy sorry
4: Three and, a half and hours long. uh
3: <laughs> i you. gotta say out of all of the things that stuck out to me <laughs> the one thing that really hit home that i absolutely totally fucking agree with is chris saying that having his woman say his name is what does it for him that's listen hey. sometimes it is that fucking simple, and I feel that, and I respect that. Uh, the episode was amazing. You guys are amazing.
0: There you go, thank Chris. Thank you, Jamie. And noted, by hey, the way. Hey. Maybe yeah. next time I'll be like. We gave, yeah, thing, we gave Chris so much shit because we all said our, like, weird little kinks, and he's like, just say my name. We're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he kept it simple, man. He like, I like he kept it, it simple. when she says my name, man. Like, I mean, you know? did we expect yeah. anything else, for, like, less from no. Chris than simple? Like, <laughs> nope. something very simple like no. that?
1: Yeah. So, uh, uh, I'm,
2: it was either going to be that or like something you've never heard of before. For sure. What you saying, it's like, saying? I like smurfing.
1: It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> you just paint yourself blue before you... Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's like, you guys don't know about smurfing? No. Uh,
1: so you put a belt around uh, your neck great. so your face turns blue and then you're... Right? Oh, Oh wait a second.
0: That's the next level of smurfing. That's like, smurfing, that's like Plus. smurfing that's right? 2.0. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Fast.
3: Now, now we know why Kevin's really going out there with them constructors, <laughs> right? I get it, bro. I'm hey, seeing what you're doing out there. Whatever
1: you're bro. into, you yeah. know. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, Dude, man. I'm like, I'm That's bad with odd. names in general, so I names yeah. is not my forte. Like, I'm bad. I'm really glad that it says the little name <laughs> yeah. at the bottom because I oh yeah yeah right? would have I'd forget my own if I wasn't you know I didn't know it. Well, you'll know? well, never so,
3: get my name wrong. So we're good there. Yeah,
1: we're, yeah. we're good. That's that's great. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I don't always I'm, ooh, I don't like going down that road because I mean, how many oh. sitcoms do they have like that the the theme that the guy just says the wrong name? And I think <laughs> I'd be thinking in my head like don't say the wrong name. Don't say the wrong name. Don't say the wrong name. And that's going to make <laughs> you say the wrong name and then that's yep. it. Like it's over. <laughs> yep. Unless you yep. play it off like that Jennifer. was your goal yeah (laughs) unless you played (laughs) off like that was your goal the whole time was like you want her to just like play it off like nah i thought we were just yelling names like (laughs) i was
0: role playing what are you doing that is is, to me honestly like getting out of a long long relationship and let's say like it's a bad breakup you get off a long relationship and then you have that rebound and you're you're hooking up with a woman that my mind has always went like, all right, her name is this name. Don't say that name. Don't say that name. I've, I have done that in my head. Like her name's this and said it, her name in her, in my head many, many, many times. Because uh. I like my ex, like you date a girl for two years. That name's going to be stuck in your head for a long time. Oh, so yeah. I feel that's you, right. man. That's
3: why you like, you're like, yeah, you like that. Uh, you look. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. And I think oh, stuff awesome. like that
1: all the time when I'm doing gator shows. I'm just like, D- don't don't say that don't like you see it like a paraplegic person like in the audience and you're like yep. don't say rip your hand off when you're talking about the alligator like don't do it don't do it <laughs> you know <laughs> it's yep. bad you know, stuff like, uh, I could imagine it man dude especially the, like, uh, Wayne's world with
3: the guy with the pats. So he's like
0: I'm gonna dot my lowercase j's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, uh, Snakeaholic. Uh, we've said the name many, many times, but this is usually a time that I'll let you plug away, let everyone know where to find you, locate you, follow you, all of that kind of stuff, man.
1: Yeah, so I'm Snakeaholic. Uh, it's my Facebook page, my Instagram, my YouTube. Um, you know, come see me wrestle alligators at Everglades Holiday Park if you're ever down in South Florida. And that's really it i just you know i love what i do i'm all about passion if you have something that you're passionate about you have a dream you have a goal in life give it 110 percent. don't let anything stop you and yeah my catchphrase is live your dreams and follow your passion and that's what i try to live by and catch snakes and catch snakes Yee!
0: nice <laughs> yeah. i love it dude love all it. right kev
3: <laughs> wrap it up buddy Thanks again, Mr. Kevin, for coming on. Appreciate that. Uh, you guys make sure to continue to follow us on all the social media sites like Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, uh, TikTok. Uh, cup to Cup Show. No spaces. Uh, don't put any spaces because we're not into that kind of stuff. Uh, some people are. We like to keep our words together. Cup to Cup Show. Uh, also visit our website, Cup to cup Life com because we live the life of this podcast, uh, so it was a very unique uh, website name. Yeah. Uh, cup to cup life. <laughs> .com, uh, On that website, you can find cool stuff like our winter merchandise. Yeah, we got hoodies. You can stay warm in the winter. You can there put you can put some hot chocolate in one of our coffee mugs Ooh. and sip it next to the fire. I Like it, and <laughs> yes. uh, you know have a shirt underneath. And, you know, have your iPhone case as well and just be decked out right there. There you go. Christmas. Okay. Uh, yeah. And you need stocking stuffers for like Christmas and shit. So get ready. Yeah. Get it yeah. out of the way early. Also, you can check out our blog. Leave a voice nuggets like Jamie Hinderbeard did tonight. Uh, that made it sound like one person. Jamie and Hinderbeard <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> did tonight. And uh we're going to have we have our, all, all of our old brackets on there. So check those out as well. For sure, we'll have, we'll have something out soon. Maybe it'll yeah. be the coolest snake. I don't know. Yeah. We haven't decided yet. Yeah, we don't have yeah. a clue.
0: There we go. Snake, Kev, not you, Kevin, but you, Kev. If that makes any sense? <laughs> uh, this was snakeaholic, <laughs> bro. This was incredibly it like was awesome, educational, it was awesome. badass. I mean, yes. it was it was a great combination of both. Like, it, it, something can be like too educational, and boring as hell. That was not this. It was fucking awesome, and <laughs> nope. I appreciate your time, man. I hope, bro. I love. That I know that you've already hit your dream. You're, you're happy where you're at. And there's not a lot of people that can say that, so I'm oh, very yeah. envious of that. That's awesome, bro. Keep doing it, man. I hope we uh stay in touch, bro, because uh, I know yeah. I'll be following you guys and following all the stuff you do because it's, For sure. it's
4: awesome. Yeah,
1: and make sure you check yes. out uh, my roommate. It's Feel the Berm. Is all his products and everything. You can get some of the cool stuff that he Snap makes. Backs. Everything's custom built from scratch. It's pretty sweet. Nice. Forgot to add that plug-in earlier. That.
0: <laughs> Most likely you caught, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 90% yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. of the Perfect. stuff we use is just stuff we've caught ourselves. I'm consistently, like, one of the top producers. I'm consistently the top producer for my program every single month, so we bring in a lot of volume. But <laughs> Perfect, nice. bro. That's
0: awesome, man. That's awesome. I appreciate it again, man. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having
2: yes, me
1: sorry. on. Later. <laughs>